to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm just zach. Oh. zach we had it we had it <laughs> down we were doing so good uh, <laughs> try again no no we're already here we're already in it oh yeah it, 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 we're in too deep we're in too deep um hi guys it's good to see you hi trader <laughs> 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 fucking going on vacations without us jp yeah what'd you do give us the give us the updates holy shit guys so um I was in Jamaica for a week. I flew to Jamaica, did that with my family, went to the nice fancy schmancy resort where they gave me all the alcohol I wanted. So clearly I don't remember half the trip. And then I flew from Jamaica to Miami and then Miami to Denver for a bachelor party. Thanks for the invite. Thanks for the... It, I'm not the one getting married. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then finally, I flew home and I just got in a few days ago. I never want to see a drop of alcohol again. I just had a White Claw a few hours ago, but um, that is besides the point. Is White Claw really alcohol? I mean, that's just, you know, wrong water, if you ask me. Exactly, exactly. And I got to say, I had an amazing time on vacation. I owe you three immensely for allowing me to do that. We're not your boss. but i am jealous of you guys because you got to be in the thick of it when we had all of those amazing e3 trailers last week you guys got to talk about it i think even watched a bunch of the showcases together and like oh boy this is fun but i wish jp was here right (laughs) right i'm sure that's what you i'm sure i i think that must have come up once right zach i got a ps5 (laughs) (laughs) do you physically possess it or did you were you just successfully able to order it i physically possess it and then playing it it's great i could not believe that he picked that up i called him i called him yesterday i was like answer the phone (laughs) so i had to so what i was doing before this when i'm kind of late to this episode is i had to go and get a 4k monitor because you know 4k gaming now so I was like, I'm just going to get a really good full HD one because they're cheap. It's a good time. And now I'm in the 4K world, boys. I'm happy for you, Zach. You're really living like Larry. Who's <laughs> Larry? Larry the Lobster. I mean, really, what's the difference between 4K and 320p, right? Am I right? <laughs> All right. So the last thing we need to say before we get started for the day um, obviously for me, I missed you all very much. I'm extremely happy to be podcasting again. Uh, Zar will not be joining us today. He has his own little thing going on, which he will explain as soon as he gets back. But for today and probably Saturday as well, it's just going to be the three of us to break down everything that went on at E3 and to talk about who won E3 as well as who won the showcase. So obviously there's a ton to talk about when it comes to E3. 
today's thing, which is Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. The episode drops on Wednesday. Uh, every just, time. Every time. <laughs> we're just going to be talking about the showcases. Um, JP, we kind of talked about it last time, but you know, there's always that potential of us getting new people in our podcast. What is an E3 and why is it important? Zach, I am so glad you asked. E3 is the time for gamers to rejoice and come together and see a bunch of showcases from a bunch of developers who have amazing things in the works. So E3 is essentially a multi-day panel where any game developer can come and show off whatever it is that they want to show off that they've been working so hard on. And I think what's actually really great about E3 is the fact that people get to choose whether or not they want to be involved, which is great because like it means that if a developer shows up, chances are they've got a project that they're either really excited about or that's close to being done or that they think is going to be extravagant. Um, And that's exactly what we got this year with E3. Essentially, Zach, I feel like since we missed out on E3 last year, a lot of these studios that showed up for this year really brought their A game. And obviously, I listened to the episodes that you and Czar and Peaches made about your predictions. Obviously, not all of it came true, but you guys had a lot of really great guesses and a really, you know, even the things that you didn't get right, I thought were not not always completely wishful thinking. Although a couple of you guys said some outlandish stuff, mostly Czar. Mostly Czar. Mostly Czar. If you had to pick one of us that was the most correct, you want to just go ahead and shout that person's name who begins with a P out? I don't know. Zach got some good guesses out of that Nintendo Direct. Yo! I'm, dude, I'm just saying. Besides the fact that I, you know, literally threw the whole kitchen table at it. That's I mean, true. I'm kind of pretty, up. Uh, you know, I'll save my thoughts. We're going to get to it. We'll get to it. But yeah, I... I got it all right, but I also threw out the most guesses. <laughs> yeah, you, you are. Yes, you're right. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now and again. What? Nice. You're that squirrel, Zach. <laughs> you're the squirrel. Peaches, you're the nut. Fuck yes, I always wanted to be the nut. I know you do, buddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm so happy to hear from you guys again. Like, <laughs> It's a good time. Once, and then once Zara comes back, we'll have the whole family back and it'll be great. Well, actually, I'm going on vacation, but it's fine. It's oh, fine. fuck you. Uh, no, that's no, that's all right. Did you take it up with the manager? Who is the manager? <laughs> Isn't that the question? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So E3 stuff. What happened first? We have a nice little script here with the days and the events as they took place. So we're going to run down the list and do our best to summarize the biggest events and everything that was announced. So I believe... Peaches, are you taking the first showcase that happened on the first day? Uh, yeah, I'll kick us off with Ubisoft. Um, Ooh. Guys, I, I kind of expected more from Ubisoft, if we're being honest. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, my predictions came true, um, though I was wrong about what it was called. I, I guessed, you know, Rainbow Six Quarantine. It's called Rainbow Six Extraction. Um, Far Cry, that was the most obvious one that was going to be there. And it's actually something that surprised me. We'll talk about it real quick is Mario and Rabbids um, Sparks of Hope. Yes. Well, I want to start us there because this one, I did not expect another Mario and Rabbids, even though the first one was very well received. Zach, you're a bigger Mario and Switch guy here. Did you get down on the first Mario Rabbids? Yeah, it's a good game. It was it kind of came at a perfect time. I think it came out 
oh, was it September or late August, the first year of the Switch? And um, if you didn't know anything, there wasn't a lot of games on the Switch at that time. So it kind of, once you got the game, everyone was trying it. It was kind of a cool thing to experience the Switch that first year. Yeah, it sold really well. It was really fun. It's XCOM, but with Mario and rabbits. And uh, it sounds pretty goofy, and it is. And, <laughs> but that's um, the point. And it was really just so charming. Like, oh my god, it was just such a fun game. Like, it's one of those games where you just want to touch the world. You're like, well, now what are you going to do? And they would just do stuff. And you're like, of course it would. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was just... So, yeah, I would say it had its own charm to it. But it wasn't my kind of game. It's more slow-paced and, like, thinking. Um, I don't like to think. I like to mash buttons. Zach is a button masher. That is true. Hey, and you know what? I I actually think that this game fills a a need in the Switch gaming genre. Like like Zach said, there aren't a lot of XCOM type games for the Switch because those games usually are very system like uh, dependent. Like you need like really good specs on your system to run a game like that. And the fact that Mario Rabbids was able to kind of deliver that gameplay to the Switch. Honestly, it's great. And I think the first one was well received. The second one, I mean, it's had enough time to cook. I think that this is going to be another banger for the Switch. And I'm super excited because it's got my girl Rosalina in it. Mm. Oh, well, you didn't mention Rosalina was there. (laughs) I better go comb my hair. Well, isn't it rabid Rosalina or is it? If there's rabid Rosalina, you can safely assume there will be Rosalina. Fuck yeah. I'm knocking on wood as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's all I got on this one, though. Uh, JP, what do you think about Rabbids before we move on? I'm in the same boat as Zach. I mean, unlike Zach, like, I only partially played the first game. Um, this was a pretty big surprise coming out of the Ubisoft. At the same time, I think you make a great point in saying that this is going to fill a gap of, like, a part of the Switch library that's for so many missing, which is, like, the XCOM-style gameplay. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I literally agree with Zach 100%. It's not my kind of game um, for different reasons, but I do acknowledge that there's a lot of people who are going to be excited about this. And for what it's worth, I do think it looks fun, just not for me. Now that we got to talk about that a little bit, I'm just going to kind of truck through all the stuff that I think was kind of lame in the showcase and that I don't really care about. And that's not to say, and I'm going to say the same thing when I get my presentation. So I say it wasn't <laughs> good. Please tell us on Twitter if there's something that we just don't understand. But at the end of the day, these are our opinions. Okay. The door is open for all death threats. <laughs> yeah, send them my way. I can take it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I can't. Please don't. I'm sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ubisoft Game Pass. I do not want there to be a million types of Game Passes out there. And so, yeah, like we don't need a million Game Passes like we have a million streaming services now. So hopefully yep. this doesn't become a trend, but I'm sure it will. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> uh, the Crew 2, uh, this game has been out and they're just updating it. Great. You know, if you like the Crew 2, you got more content coming. Love it. Uh, For Honor, same thing. It's just updates coming out. You know, if you're still playing For Honor, I'm surprised. But, I'm, you know, you get to see more content coming your way. That's great. Uh, Rocksmith Plus. Now, Rocksmith was announced a while back. I think this is just adding to what's already on Rocksmith, if I understood correctly. And this is a pretty cool tool to learn instruments with. I don't know how well it works. I haven't heard anybody really talking about that they learned an instrument through Rocksmith, but if someone did... Well, then it's a really good thing that you've got a musician (laughs) right here. (laughs) Did you learn something from Rocksmith? I feel like you've learned more from Guitar Hero than you have Rocksmith. (laughs) You know what's funny is you're totally right. Um, 
In terms of learning how to play guitar, Rocksmith, I think, does its job in giving you the bare essentials that you need to start learning how to play guitar. And I will say that, like, the visual aid plus playing along with songs is definitely what keeps people enticed in learning how to play an instrument. Um, that being said, a lot of the times I found, like, I just found, like, it's actual, like, set up to be extremely clunky and it doesn't really work the way it's supposed to most of the time. Um, just my two cents on that. I mean, I don't know anybody who's actually, like, been like, yeah, I learned 100% how to play guitar through Rocksmith. Um, but on the other hand, I think it's more, I think it's more supposed to just get people motivated, like, okay, I'm getting a little bit the hang of this and I don't. 100% suck anymore. So now maybe I can go elsewhere now that I know I want to pursue this for like actual lessons. Right. And yeah, so it's like it's a good starter tool. I just I don't know. I didn't I don't know how much they needed to really add to it. Uh but moving on from that, uh Rainbow Six stuff, I'm going to also touch on quickly because I feel like uh no one really cares that they're adding a new operator and they they might add like a short little story thing to go along with their new operator. Uh whatever on that. Uh, Assassin's Creed is also getting some DLC and updates. Trackmania is just another car game that's getting some updates. It was it was a lot of things like, hey, we're still adding stuff to some of the games that already exist. So the reason why you must have been disappointed then was because you were looking for more new IPs instead of all these updates and DLC. Am I correct in saying that? I mean, it doesn't even have to be a new IP, but like a new, a brand new whole game. Like Extraction right. is just going to be like essentially DLC for Rainbow Six Siege. I feel like they could have done a whole lot more. What they did show, they showed some. They, they showed a, a few things to really keep your eye on, and we will get into that in just a little bit. All right. Um. Ubi, yeah. Ubisoft, as in my opinion, was kind of middle of the road when it came to their showcase. Um. Had some cool stuff, but nothing too crazy to brag home about. Um. I also know that you're a huge Borderlands guy. Um. Since we don't have Zar, did you want to do the Gearbox showcase as well? I <laughs> mean. Uh, Gearbox literally like just talked about the movie for most of their uh, like showcase. That yeah, was, that like, was weird. Thirty minutes <laughs> they spent talking about the Borderlands movie coming out. I didn't even know there was a Borderlands movie. Is that are people excited for this? I mean, yeah, people love Borderlands, and I don't know how well the story of Borderlands is suited to a movie, but I'm interested to see how they pull it off. They've gotten some pretty big names attached to it. I mean, I don't have a lot of faith in vi- video game movies in general. Hey, Sonic. <laughs> you know <laughs> okay. you know what's sad is Sonic is honestly probably the best of them. Maybe. That's probably fair. It wasn't great, but I mean, as far as video game movies go, that movie, if you put it in those parameters, probably got a solid B plus A minus in my opinion. Uh, what did you think of the new Mortal Kombat movie? Did you like that one? No comment. <laughs> so No. <laughs> All right, so before we get too far ahead of, of ourselves, I'm going to talk about, like, there are two main things that I think Ubisoft showed that are pretty big going forward. Okay. Um, Far Cry 6. Uh-huh. Obviously. Yeah. But the thing is, it's the sixth installment in the Far Cry series. How long are they going to be able to keep this going is my question. Like, I love Far Cry, but, like, there's only so much you can, like, do with the series, I feel like, right? Well, I mean, look at Assassin's Creed. There's a reason I'll number those. <laughs> you, you you make a good point. Yeah, yep, that's a that's a damn good point. Like, I don't know. I, as opposed to 
Assassin's Creed. I feel like the quality in Far Cry games are always there. I don't, you know what I mean? I mean, like, I'm not worried at all that the quality of a Far Cry game is going to diminish because of how many iterations there are, because we haven't seen that happen yet. I feel like the Far Cry's actually done a pretty solid job of keeping their content new and exciting and fresh, but like similar enough to keep people interested. It's yeah. a very underrated series. I have never played a Far Cry game. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they're pretty good. I've honestly never wanted to, but I know that you guys enjoy them a lot. It, it's it's not for everybody. Like no, no game is going to be for everybody, and that's totally fine. Some people don't like The Witcher, and you know they're wrong. But that's their that's, they can hold that opinion. <laughs> and then the last big thing that we really got to touch on is obviously the Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora. Right. They just they just showed the cinematic for it, but it's got people hyped up. And a really cool fun fact is this game is going to come out before Avatar 2 comes out. <laughs> Avatar 2, the movie about the blue people. Um, and I just want to let you guys know, it's been up like what another hot decade in between Avatar 1 and 2. And they're able to make a whole ass game before the second one could come out. Sometimes it do be like that. Yeah, it's not that's not that surprising, to be honest. Um, but I'm excited for the game. It looked really cool. The cinematic was beautiful. It was. I'm curious if it's going to play like an RPG or if it's going to play more like Far Cry. That's the problem with these cinematics. They may look beautiful, but they don't tell you shit. Yeah, <laughs> precisely. Pre- <laughs> yeah, Zach, you nailed that on the fucking head. <laughs> so if you guys don't got anything to add to Far Cry 6 or Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, I mean, that pretty much wraps the Ubisoft forward. It's just... It, it, very middle of the middle of the road showcase. It, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. it. It was there. Well, if you were a little let down by day one, I'm sure day two perked you right back up because Xbox Bethesda absolutely killed it with their showcase. Um, so did Square Enix, in my opinion. Um, but let's start with Xbox and Bethesda for day two. I understand that you three actually watched this showcase together. So you two definitely have the ability to really talk about what stood out to you most. Let's go down the list. Zach, what did you like about the showcase? Uh, there were games. There were games! Xbox has games! There were so many games. And uh, they were coming to Xbox, and they even said exclusive sometimes. And I was like, well, they can do this? They, right? <laughs> they have games. They did it. They did they it. They freaking did it. Uh, so yeah, I guess to answer your question, the first game and really, um, it's the first game they talked about, uh, Starfield and it was instant, like, damn it, Peaches was right. <laughs> it was just like right away. <sighs> I guess there were other scrolls six and I was wrong. <laughs> I remember I, re- I listened to the episode where you guys were debating about Starfield and Zach, you were totally down on it. You were like, nah, I don't know about that one. And it was boom, number one. First thing. And I was like, okay, bad start, bad start. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine. Um, so it just looks really cool. I love um, sci-fi games like that. Um, sci-fi RPGs, to be precise, which I guess makes me wonder why I don't like Far Cry, but it's whatever. Um, <laughs> all right. So the, the really cool thing about this was that it was also a cinematic. And what we learned from the cinematic is that Starfield is going to be in space. Nani? Yeah, 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 you're not a star, though. You're a person, it looks like. <laughs> you are not going to get to play as a Starfield, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the cinematic, all, we I think really all we can take from that cinematic is, one, 
It looks like you're going to, obviously you're going to control one character and two, maybe you're going to get to fly around in a spaceship. If you don't, I'm going to be severely disappointed. There was something hidden in this, in this uh, cinematic. I don't know if you guys heard about it. It's not going to PlayStation. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> they didn't hide the fact that this game is going to come out for PlayStation. There was a, uh, a little drawing on the back of the spaceship and somebody pointed out that that drawing matches a, uh, I don't know how to describe this, like one of the continents or one of the countries that exists in the Elder Scrolls series, possibly mm-hmm. indicating where the next Elder Scrolls game is going to take place. Really? So something to look out for. Man, Bethesda spent as much time as they did making these cinematics uh, as they did making their games. Their games might be less buggy. <laughs> <laughs> All Bethesda shade is accepted here. So, I mean, there was so much to take from the Xbox Bethesda because right after they killed it with Starfield, um, Stalker 2, which I know Zar and I were talking a lot about, Heart of Chernobyl, it looked awesome. Um, and then they did a little bit more for Back for Blood, which we've talked about this in the past. This is like the next kind of left for dead that looks amazing and then they even did a little bit of sea of thieves which i actually think is probably one of xbox's best exclusives right now um anything to add to those that you guys liked back for blood i i may have already said this literally popped up in every showcase they could possibly get their hands on i think it's gonna be a hit i hope it's a hit i think so i think it's gonna be a hit and uh sea of thieves i mean it's so like Microsoft has fuck you money. Of course, they were going to bring like Pirates of the Caribbean to Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. If Disney will play nice with Microsoft, maybe Sora can be in Smash. Keep dreaming, Zach. <laughs> Keep dreaming. <laughs> I'm dreaming for you, JP. I'm dreaming for you. I I appreciate that you because spoiler alert, I was a little disappointed in the Smash reveal, Um, but we'll get into that later. I can't wait. <laughs> to tell you why you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What else do we have here? Uh, Yakuza, like a dragon. Um, Yeah, Yakuza's been around forever, has a very loyal following. This should be really cool. Um, But Battlefield 2042 is where I saw a lot of people like really talking about this showcase. Are either of you guys really big Battlefield people? I, I get why people are so stoked about Battlefield 2042. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, People have been just struggling through Call of Duty after Call of Duty. And, like, I think it's because it's the only thing that's like, scratches that very specific first-person shooter itch they have. Even though Call of Duty has, I mean, I, in my opinion, been going downhill for a while. So, I think mm-hmm. Battlefield 2042 is, like, the first, like, breath of fresh air from this endless cycle of Call of Duty games. And, like, it's, like, something that a first-person shooter fan can actually look forward to. So... I, I, I get why the hype is here for first-person shooter fans. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I 100% agree. Um, but on, it's not to say that Battlefield doesn't look like it held up pretty well in the showcase. The demonstration of how the game works was excellent. I mean, it that's really what Battlefield comes down to, is like a more true form of what Call of Duty is supposed to be, but isn't because they felt like they needed to rehash a new fucking game every year. Well, they make oodles of money every year. You can't blame them. (laughs) Yeah, you make a good point. Like, it's just, that's part of, like, just why you want competition and you don't want monopolies. It's like, once there's a monopoly, like, you're going to get stagnant. It's inevitable. Like, you need someone to compete and push you. Right. That's just my two cents. 
So what else do we have here? I mean, not that there was a shortage because again, these guys absolutely killed their showcase. Um, I think 12 minutes. Yeah. Is, uh, yeah. 12 minutes. I actually, I think this game looks really interesting. You just like Daisy Ridley, but keep going. Hey, it, it, my crush for da- on uh, Daisy Ridley has a little bit to do with this, but that's beside the point. What a coincidence. My crush on Willem Dafoe also drove. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I see a man of culture. Uh, <laughs> but no, this is like, it's a, it's a time loop mystery game, you know, like you're trying to figure out why you keep reliving the same day and, or not even the same day, like the same 12 minutes of time. And, you know, you got to do something differently to try to break out of the time loop. And honestly, it's a really interesting concept that you don't see very much. Like, I think you see it in, I think the game is called, like, The Outer Wilds. I think that's the first Mm. game that really explored, like, the time loop as a, uh, like, concept for storytelling. Right. And now we're we're sort of seeing it with Deathloop, which keeps getting delayed. But, you know, it's doing a similar thing as well in a different way and this game is taking that concept but playing it differently it's not playing it as like a shooter or to be honest i haven't played outer wilds um i just know what the deal with it is so i don't know how the game plays but this game is playing it like as a top-down mystery and you're trying to figure out what the heck what the g dang heck is going on and i i like it they got daisy ridley and willem dafoe to voice act in this i mean if that doesn't tell you that this game is going to be like narratively driven I don't know what else could. I'm looking forward to this. You're absolutely right. And God knows I love a story-driven game. Psychonauts 2. Um, Czar hit this one on the head. This was the most obvious, right? Like, I don't want to say most obvious. I think uh, I don't what know. we'll get to later is the most obvious. Because the, they already announced that this was, like, a thing that was coming soon. Okay, you're this right. This just told us that this, it was coming extremely soon. Like, this is coming in August, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, God damn, that's that is coming up fast. Yep, you're absolutely right. Nobody saw that coming. Like you said, you're right. I mean, we knew it was happening, but we did not anticipate it literally being only like half a month, you know, half a year away. Exactly. So great. I'm, Psychonauts 2 is huge. Love that you guys are getting a second installment after a, a fuckload of time. Um, Fallout 76. Am I the only one who carries the opinion of who the hell cares? Nope. So thank you, Zach. <laughs> I, I don't mean to keep disagreeing on these ones, but uh, it's simultaneously cool and lame that they are trying so hard to fix Fallout 76, because I don't think these DLCs are going to cost anything to the people playing like they are trying so hard to make Fallout 76 work. And I can appreciate that. Um, and the pit takes us to, you know, a place where the uh, Fallout 3 DLC was. So that's cool. I just, I wish they would, you know, maybe give some of the people who still play Fallout 76, like, you know, a good refund and then move on to the next thing. (laughs) Damn, Chaz. I mean, come on, man. Fallout 76 was garbage. Even by, uh, you know, Bethesda standards, that game did not work. It didn't work, but I can appreciate that they, uh, they went with, like, they're trying to fix it to make it work so the people who paid money for it get their money's worth out of it we have to assume that's doing decently well they're gonna keep pouring stuff into it like it is i mean yeah i don't think it's that it's doing well i think that it's that like fallout is one of bethesda's babies and they dropped this baby <laughs> and, they're, and they're just trying to put it back together they're, they're, they've been taking it to the doctor over and over again adding new parts to it to see if they can fix it 
but the baby just comes out as this deformed mess. We have the technology. We have the money. Yeah. We'll keep trying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But for, for what it's worth, Chez is right. I do appreciate that they're trying to be like, okay, yeah, we messed up. And instead of making this paid for DLC, we're going to give you guys these free updates to hopefully make your money worth it. This isn't even like the first time they've done this. Like they've been updating this game for a while. I, I still don't think the game is anywhere near what it was supposed to be. All right. Uh, what's next? Uh, so we can kind of skip over this. They hyped up ESO a bit. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online is coming to Xbox. Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? I downloaded it. It's um, it's a game. Yeah. It feels like Elder Scrolls. It's got a lot of microtransactions from what I can tell. I was like, ooh. To go through a couple more smaller things, um, Party Animals. Uh, Chez wrote that it looks like Gang Beasts. This is a, yeah. It, you know, Human Fall Flat? Yep. Uh, so this is like a, a quote-unquote fighting version of human fall flat it's like it's kind of physics based fighting you just try to throw your uh friends out of a ring to win and be the last one standing it does it's look fun. like fun um, looks really cute um but not a lot to say on it hades is coming to xbox um a little late to the game but hades is still pretty hot so fair enough um nice that was good jb yeah that's a, that's a good pun there that's buddy. a good dad joke ah, for father's day ah, oh yeah happy <laughs> father's day i love you dad <laughs> Uh, Somerville looks like a walking sim, so obviously these three yahoos are not going to play it, but I will. I I yep. genuinely thought it looked interesting. Not my cup of tea, but, you know. You hit the nail on the head, JP. <laughs> it's JP. JP is the audience. That's JP. <laughs> yeah. This game was made for JP. I hope they write that in a note at the beginning of the game for JP. Which JP will never see because he doesn't own an Xbox. Isn't that the irony? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hunting. I'm hunting. All right. My goal is by the end of August to have the Series S. That is a genuine goal of mine. All right. Um, who wants to hype this next guy up? Because um, it's about time. Uh, I guess I will, because I think I've probably sunk more time into Halo than most of you guys. The only one yeah. who could compete with you is Zar, but you've definitely got me and Zach beat. Yeah. So Halo Infinite. I mean, we finally. That's Xbox guy. Yeah, we don't have our Xbox guy here. It's unfortunate. It really is, because how often do we get to talk about Xbox? <laughs> Not often, and, and I mean... positively, too. Like, wow. Pour some of that White Claw out for Czar. Pour the White Claw, boys. <laughs> Not sponsored by White Claw, but we are trying to be. Yeah, of course. Uh, trying to be sponsored by literally anything. <laughs> uh, Halo Infinite, this is arguably the biggest game they showed. And the especially huge thing they showed is free-to-play multiplayer... Mm-hmm. And then the you can if you want to spend sixty dollars on the game, then you can like that's that's where the story is going to be. But free to play multiplayer is huge. Mm-hmm. Like that is such a draw to a game and like helps increase your audience by so so much. That also means this game is going to be littered with microtransactions. But didn't they say that to get the best skins? Like, you have to earn it. Like, that was the only way that you do it. Like, there was the whole gameplay thing. I don't know if they said that explicitly. I hope that's the case because, I mean, it's... I love, like, getting cool cosmetics through my time spent in-game. I think that's the best way to do it. But I am uh, a bitter old man that has seen too many microtransaction-ridden games to hold out hope that that's going to be the case. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm waiting for the catch. Yeah. But... I, I want to also just mention real quick that, like, the multiplayer looks like Halo, like, how it's supposed to be. 
and it looks incredible. It looks so much fun. Like this, this looks like the game that I used to play back in like middle school and high school and have a blast with. I'm super excited to see the multiplayer coming back. And I mean, the story mode, there's not a lot that we can go off of. Some people are disappointed that there's a new, not as hot AI like Cortana, but you know. Okay. Maybe Cortana's going to show up and she's going to be as, just as hot as ever. But if that's a genuine complaint, then you're a neckbeard that needs to shut up. I mean, come on. Like, I'm all for the irony of... I mean, uh, I agree with you. I'm all for the irony of the joke, but if that's a genuine complaint of yours, come on. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. I absolutely dude. agree with you. Gets us into the 2K thing a little bit, but we'll, we'll <laughs> say that for later. Yeah. Um, uh. And I don't want to I don't want to dilly-dally too long on Halo. This is huge. I cannot express enough like just how much the next title in a Halo series is. And it's coming holiday 2021, free-to-play multiplayer. Who knows what the story is going to be? I I'm into it. All right. Um, Diablo 2 remaster. Um, extremely hype, but we did see this coming as well. Plague Tale Requiem looked pretty freaking good in my opinion too. Far Cry 6. Again, we had a little bit of news. Um, but nothing that we didn't see already from the Ubisoft trailer. But still, very very hype. Now this next one, I was not expecting. What did we get, Peaches? Dude, we got Slime Rancher 2, baby. We got Slime Rancher 2, dude. What? I was not like, expecting that. What <laughs> is a Slime Rancher for the uh, uninitiated? Uh, for the uninitiated game tea sipper. So, in the crudest way, I, I was actually assigned Slime Rancher 2 in our Blind Date episode we did a couple months ago. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, essentially, the premise of Slime Rancher is you are a person on a faraway planet where you capture these slimes and you take them back to your farm and you put them in their little pins and you feed them what you need to feed them in order for them to give you these things called plorts. Plorts are essentially their poop, which you can sell for money. And the goal of the game is to collect as many unique plorts through the uh, slimes as you can. And there is a little bit of a story to it, but it's not crazy. But it is fun. It's a very therapeutic type game for those that are, you know, in the middle of Doom Eternal or Demon Souls or whatever the fuck it is. And you need a little something to cool down. Dark Souls hurt me. Yeah, Zach, I know it did, buddy. Are you okay? Do you need some Slime Rancher too? I haven't beat it yet, JP. It just I know keeps you. going. Do you need a hug? Because Zar gives great hugs. Thank you. Czar. Did, did you just offer a hug from Czar and not yourself when you're sitting right there? That is correct. And JP doesn't love me. It's fine. I <laughs> Zach, I love you. I just don't like you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Please don't be. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sensitive. I know you are. That's why I'm He's sorry. He's in the middle of Dark Souls. Why would you say that to him? <laughs> I'm fragile. Okay. Anyway, Slime Rancher 2. Um, the difference is we saw a lot of new kinds of slime. We saw a lot of different kinds of landscapes. So it looks like, um, in my opinion, what they're probably going to do is have this um, kind of have the plot of this game on a completely new planet where it's like, oh, yeah, there's just completely new slimes to collect. But the same premise is probably going to be exactly there. And in my opinion, that's perfectly OK. Um, Slime Rancher is a very excellent game. I think a lot of people are going to get a kick out of it. I know I'm going to pick it up, despite the fact that I kind of got my fill of the first Slime Rancher. Um, yeah, I think everybody should be super excited about it. 
And plus, the first one was like 20 bucks. I mean, that's a deal. Yeah, it's for what you get out of it, I'd say that the value is certainly there. We'll see how much Slime Rancher 2 costs, but I can't imagine it'd be any worse than the first one. Uh, Peaches, fire off a couple more. Um, all right, so Shredders, it's a, it's a snowboarding game. I don't know, it kind of reminded me of what was the one. SSX Tricky. Or sure, that one too. I I mean, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been into this type of game in a while, but I'm sure the audience is out there. Um, Atomic Heart. This one I liked a lot. This one like gave me like some cyberpunk vibes. It gave me some control vibes. It gave me some Fallouty vibes. I am really excited to see where this game is like going. What like what it's going to be. This one I think is like a sleeper one to keep your eye on. What's selling you on this? On Atomic Heart? Yeah. Um, I the things I just said. The cyberpunk vibes, the control vibes, and the Fallout vibes. I mean, those are three games that I ultimately enjoyed i mean control less so i wasn't able to finish it but i enjoyed what i played of it um and fallout i love and cyberpunk i also love but like this game doesn't look like it plays like any of them from what i could tell it looks like they showed us like not a like pre-rendered cinematic but it looks like it's like actual like raw gameplay from the game so i i'm into it you know that that's kind of showing me that they don't need to like hide behind these pre-rendered cinematics but we are we were spending a lot of time, so I want to kind of keep us trucking along. Replaced, it was a, it was like a side-scroller, arcade-looking game with some kind of okay-looking combat. I mean, I don't have a lot to say on it. It wasn't my cup of tea. Uh, grounded update's coming. Uh, spooky spiders. I, I don't know if I can handle it. Oh, um, Jesus. I love how they also presented the blocky mode, like if the arachnophobia mode is what they called it, which in my opinion was almost as terrifying, if not more so. <laughs> absolutely agreed I, it, it's I, I can't handle it this thing could be anything yeah right <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh, so grounded updates coming great you know the game needs some more content added to it this is good that's free uh, among us updates they're adding like a new mode it's, there's gonna be a 16 player mode there's gonna be a hide and seek mode again let's just like who knows 16 people that you can play video games with that's that's a lot of people it's gonna be hard to get a group together but it's cool that they're adding it um I don't know if I can pronounce this correctly. Uh, Ayudin Chronicles, Chronics, Chronicles Rising, and Hundred Heroes. Uh, it looks like a Octopath Traveler game. Not into it. It's dumb. I hate it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Octopath Traveler? W- what? Yeah, no. I was actually this is. I was pretty excited <laughs> for this one. To be totally honest, the Ayudin Chronicle, Ayudin Chronicles. I should have practiced this. Rising and Hundred Heroes and Chess. Octopath Garbager. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it just gave me really cool vibes. Like, just nice, casual JRPG coming to Game Pass. Like, I'm I'm excited. It Did they say if that was an exclusive? I don't know if it was uh, exclusive. I think they said it was just coming to Game Pass. Yeah, I think that's what I'm most excited for. A free JRPG. Like, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I say free. It is 15 bucks a month. but We've got just a few more things to get through. And then, and a, a few of them are big. So there's the ascent. To be honest, I had no idea what I was looking at when I watched this game. Do you guys have any thoughts on it? Nope. Uh, Age of Empires Four. This is actually pretty big. I know Age of Empires is like a very beloved game among strategy fans. So congrats on getting your fourth installment, and we'll see how well it is reviewed. I don't imagine that it's going to be bad. That they've had a good amount of time to work on it. Um. Outer Worlds 2, this one was huge, but again, it was just a cinematic. You can't really t- take anything from that. Um, 
Flight Simulator is coming to Xbox, and they're going to have a Top Gun expansion where you can fly some Top Gun um, planes in the Flight Simulator on Xbox. Cool. Uh, <laughs> not, not for me. Uh, fucking 15 minutes of Forza Horizon 5. You were so mad. I was you and so Saul mad. were like, come on. I was like, Forza's huge, guys. I like I like Forza. I think it's really cool. I do not do the car games. It, great graphics. It looked it, it really was great graphics. I don't care about the car game. Fair enough. And Redfall, they closed with this one, and I can see why. Because this one looks very good. Very promising. Yeah. This yeah, it, it looks like it looks like Left 4 Dead. Which apparently the the genre of Left 4 Dead games is coming back. I I don't know. Um, but Left 4 Dead, but like the four characters have like each have their own like specialized power that's supposed to help you through like these waves of vampires. And uh, I'm into it. Definitely something to keep your eye on. It was like Overwatch combined with zombies and vampires. It's kind of my vibe. Yeah, I I absolutely love it. I'm just hoping they don't go Blizzard on us. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. And is that it for Bethesda and Xbox? I think I got us through Bethesda and Xbox, and we are like 40 minutes in, and we still got some ways to go. Well, it's cool because um, I thought it was JP was being really uh, hopeful when he said that there was a lot of good stuff at E3, because I was like, oh, huh. Because I thought the rest of E3 was boring, but that's my opinion, and I'm ready to hear what JP thinks, because he likes Square Enix, which is not the mindset I've been getting from people. <laughs> Square Enix is like a IPA beer. It's an acquired taste. Anyway. I, lo- I love Square Enix. <laughs> Let's talk about the Square Enix showcase, okay? It wasn't fantastic, um, especially in the middle. It pissed me off, and I will explain to you guys why here in a minute. Um, but for the most part, I think that they also had some really good-looking stuff in there, a lot of stuff that's promising or really cool. Let's start off with the big one. Guardians of the Galaxy reveal trailer. Um, So let's start off with what looks great about it. It's it, it looks badass. It looks like the character models are awesome. The It looks like they're doing completely original new stories and the world looks really good. I think that there's a lot of potential for this to be excellent. But my question is, did these motherfuckers learn their lesson from the Avengers? That was literally the <laughs> first thing that came to my mind is, is this just going to be the Avengers again, where... I'm super excited about this project, and then their execution is absolutely awful. What I'm hoping is that they learn their lesson, or at least that was my hope, until I watched the showcase a little bit more. Well, yeah, because it was like 35 minutes of this. Exactly. Um, That's just the thing is like they clearly want this to be really good because they showed a lot of gameplay, like 10 minutes of gameplay. And it really gives me faith from what I've seen that this is going to be good. I want to be optimistic about this project. And I, you know what? I have faith that they're going to deliver and that they did learn their lesson because we cannot have another Avengers repeat. That would make me just absolutely livid. I don't know. Um, I, I guess I see from the notes here that a couple of you guys disagree with me on um, kind of some of the gameplay, but I thought it looked like a little fun. Uh, Chez, what did you think? I think uh, Guardians, it makes sense why they would choose Guardians, because it's a very safe alternate to go to from Avengers, right? Like It is. Which is absolutely hilarious that you're saying that, because, like, I don't know. 
Gar- Guardians was such a no name until uh, Marvel just made them huge. Exactly, and like they're, I would argue probably more beloved than the Avengers in a lot of circles. Yeah, it's crazy. Sorry. Okay, that was just total tangent. That, that's that, yeah, that's <laughs> why I say that it's safe is because the like what James Gunn has done to like make Guardians relevant. And, you know, obviously, it's not just James Gunn working on his own. Obviously, it's Marvel as a whole. But, like, yeah. James Gunn is the director. So, the, it makes sense why they would go here. And I really feel that it, it doesn't look the same as what I saw when I saw, like, Avengers previewed at, like, uh, E3 two years ago. Uh-huh. So, I think that either they learned their lesson or that this game was never intended to be similar to Avengers. Either way... I mean, fingers crossed, but I don't. I'm gonna wait for reviews for sure on this one. Like, absolutely. This is. I'm. I'm never gonna pre-order like a uh, Square Enix Marvel game. Absolutely, they really screwed up. Yep, you guys are 100 percent right. I think that's kind of like it's awesome. They spent 35 minutes on because it, it says like, "Hey, we're not quitting." Like, uh, God, Chaz, you're like the biggest Marvel fanboy I know. So like, that hurts to say that that Marvel game was like, like it's one thing to be like an average Marvel game. It's another thing to be like a bad Marvel game. And it's like, they really screwed the pooch. It's all there for you. You just weren't creative enough to do it, I guess. I don't even know if it was a creativity problem as much as a absolute failure of execution. I totally 100% agree on that, Chez. Um, on the other hand, like I said, I want to stay optimistic about this Guardians of the Galaxy project. Um, let's move on to a couple other things. You said you were like looking forward to it. I just want to like help me through this. Like, it's basically... Kind of like a you get to pick who you're siding with. Like you get like some decisions that affect your relationships with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like they made things about selling Groot or not selling Groot. And then like it just seemed more like decision based and more of like, I don't know. So they're not going full. They're not going full telltale in the way decisions are made. Like, I don't think what you do in this game, they didn't make it seem like those shorthand decisions are going to be that impactful. Um, and I can't really tell if they want them to be or not, to be completely honest with you. Um, cool, because that's kind of me too. I was like seeing her watching that and watching the fight, and I was like, what kind of game is this? Like, I watched this thing for 40 minutes, and I still left like, wait, what am I doing? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not getting full Telltale vibes. At the same time, it, it it's kind of almost giving off more of a Knights of the Old Republic type vibe, where like, yes, there are decisions, but ultimately, like, it's got a different way of affecting the gameplay, maybe. Because, I mean, that's kind of who the Guardians of the Galaxy are in the first place, right? Is like, they're kind of like these rebels. And, like, I think that the idea of who these people are, along with the idea that you get to kind of make these big decisions to help the gameplay, actually is going to complement each other really, really well. The just The only big question is how much is it going to affect the gameplay? And I don't know the answer to that question. We got a lot of stuff to keep going on with the Square Enix, so Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of a let's just see what happens type of thing. Um, Up next, Final Fantasy 1 through 6 Pixel Remasters coming to Steam and Mobile. Um, Obviously, I don't give a shit about mobile, but that is a theme you are going to find a lot in the Square Enix showcase. (laughs) Um, But I am very happy about the Pixel Remasters for Final Fantasy 1 through 6. Um, despite the fact that there were six games, uh, Final Fantasy VII is probably the most popular Final Fantasy game ever made. Um, when it originally came out for the PlayStation 1, and then again when this remake just came out last year. So, 
Um, I'm very excited for people who either loved those first six games and now get a chance to replay them in an updated fashion, or people who fell in love with Final Fantasy later and haven't had the opportunity to go back to those first six games yet. Because let me tell you, when I got the NES Classic, I tried to play the first Final Fantasy for shits and gigs, and it's fucking rough. It is. Even by NES standards. Like, they thought... Square called it Final Fantasy because they literally thought it was the last game they were ever going to make because they were about to go under. And then it saved them. And they were like, oh, shit. We got to keep making more of these now. (laughs) We like money. Money, 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 money. But yeah, I'm excited for that. Not so much that it's going to mobile because who cares, but it is also going to be available on Steam. So that's what's important. No consoles, though. So people were kind of upset about that. Yeah, and I found that really weird, too, that it's just going to be a Steam-only release. Um, In my opinion, that's probably going to be a for-now deal. I think it's probably going to be released for console down the road. I don't know why they're doing it Steam first or maybe Steam exclusive, but I don't know. Even if all you have to work with is a shitty laptop, it's should be more. it should be enough to run these games, to be honest with you. I mean, they're going to be pixely. Up next, uh, Legend of Mana. There's... This is a cool announcement that is coming to Switch, PS4, and Steam. Um, As far as what the game is, though, what's funny is that we've actually gotten tons of information about this from past Nintendo Directs, so there's not a lot of new information I can add. What I can say is that it appears to have just this really solid following of people that have been wanting these remasters for quite some time, and it's really cool that they're more accessible, but it's not necessarily like groundbreaking news. Mm, yeah, no, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I, I saw the Legend of Mana thing, and I just instantly was, like, kind of wanting to skip it. Up next, uh, Marvel's Avengers. What's funny is right when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, wow, I hope these guys learn their lesson from Avengers. And then I watched this part of the showcase, and I was like, nope, they didn't fucking learn. Um, <laughs> apparently, they're on this quote-unquote roadmap of DLC that I haven't been aware of until now, which is funny because it's the fourth of the... F- it's like the fourth release of the five that were planned, and I just literally gave so little of a shit after I saw how awful this game was that I didn't even know. So, essentially, the 2021, what they've got next for DLC is going to be called Cosmic Cube, um, which is going to include, like, I don't know a standard looking new mission and mediocre fights. I'm just so unbelievably uninterested in Marvel's Avengers at this point that I don't really care what they do because if any of the other DLC was really that prominent in saving the game from being mediocre, I feel like I would have heard about it more. At least the DLC will be free. Like I I honestly was not picking up on this trend until like we've now mentioned like what three games two i guess two games that you know shitty releases you know they try to improve it with free dlc are like is this gonna be a trend in gaming because i we had it with um the hello games and no man's sky i mean they tried with anthem and that it did not work and they scrapped now anthem is kind of scrapped and they're done working on it um we are seeing it with fallout 76 and we are now seeing it with marvel's avengers so of trends in gaming, this ranks up there with, you know, free to play, but just ridden with microtransactions to the point of me fucking hating it. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. It's one it's a, again, one of those things where I want to stay optimistic, but I have a lot more 
reason to do it that with Guardians of the Galaxy than I do with any of the Marvel Avengers DLC. We'll wait and see how it is, but like I said, if the last three pieces of DLC didn't make this game playable, I can't imagine why this one would be. Um, but I'll tell you what, I did actually perk up a little bit when they released uh, the expansion Black Pat Black Panther War for Wakanda. Yes. That looked like it might actually help out the game a little bit. I thought that looked pretty cool from what they gave us. Um the kind of this is the one thing that worked out. Like I was telling Peaches, like I'm I'm mad they didn't do like Tony Stark with Robert Downey Jr. But like with Chad McBoseman being gone, like this would be a good way to like kind of like get people to seeing like Black Panther in a different light, I guess. I mean, there's a whole different conversation. You're right, Zach. There's a whole different conversation that can be had about these actors that we know and love these characters from coming back to perform those characters in the video game world. Well, um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to pause right there. Uh, the uh, the actors that play the characters in Avengers are in no way associated to the Avengers game, and they are very explicit about that. That is exactly what I'm saying. Okay, is that they, okay. I thought that's you were saying, saying that they are reprising their no, role. No, no, okay. no, no. None of them wanted to return. There's a reason why none of them look like the Avengers we know and love. It's because Scarlett Johansson doesn't want to be associated with the video game form of her character. Neither does Chris Evans. Neither does Robert Downey Jr. Neither does any of them. Okay, well, that's also wrong. Then why aren't they there? They, it's not that they don't want to be associated with the video game version of their character. It's that they're done with their character as a whole. Robert Downey Jr. didn't want to be Iron Man anymore. Chris Evans didn't want to be Captain America anymore. And uh, uh, Johansson, I don't think, wants to be Black Widow anymore. Like, it had nothing to do with, like, not wanting to be in a video game specifically. It had them being done with that character as a whole. Okay, well, that doesn't... I don't care about that. <laughs> I don't care. Because the point is that, like... <laughs> The point is that these characters are who they are because of the way they were written. The way that they were performed by these actors, yeah, that's the icing on the cake and that's what brought them to life, but that doesn't mean that you can't have good versions of these characters through other actors and other means. You know, like, so many people were disappointed when Iron Man didn't look like Robert Downey Jr. And in my opinion, you having that expectation that they should look like Robert Downey Jr., makes you a little bit a part of the problem. No, that's, I mean, that's fair. Uh, I think that, I mean, Iron Man is eventually going to be filled by another actor in a, a different role, you know, or not a different role, another actor playing that yeah, same role. Yeah, you're totally right. And that's, all, and that's all I'm saying. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's fine that, you know, brand new people are playing these guys. Um, War for Wakanda, just to get us back on track, because I definitely derailed us, because I couldn't let my inner Marvel speak out there. Uh, on, a side, on a side note, you should genuinely think about starting a movie podcast. I think you'd be very good at it. I'm not going to be your co-host, no way in hell, but absolutely fucking not. But you should think about starting it. Chess has lots of good taste. <laughs> he does. I, he does. So does JP. I have a lot of hot takes. Hey. All right. All right. All right. Now, what's next, JP? What's next? Square Enix me. Um, Hitman, Snipers, The Shadows. Nothing crazy, but looks cool is all I had to say about that. These, this type of project is not something Square Enix does. So it's up in the air on whether or not this is going to be good. Um, but I will say from what we saw in the trailer, it looked okay. I think it looks like it has promise, but that's really all we can say about it because it was literally up for like 10 seconds. All right. Now, this part of the showcase is where you're going to see a very annoying trend. Uh, Nier Reincarnation. It's a mobile game only. Enough said. That's literally my notes. Mobile, enough said. (laughs) 
And then Final Fantasy, War of the Visions, um, mobile, a mobile game, a Final Yay. Fantasy game for mobile. Yeah. Fuck that. Why? <laughs> and then Final Fantasy 7, the most important, arguably the most important Final Fantasy game in all of the Final Fantasy games is getting like this direct sequel or prequel or whatever called The First Soldier only on mobile. Why are they doing this? I don't understand. I I have a theory. Okay. Money. Money, money, money. (laughs) (laughs) It's you you can make so much money off mobile gamers because like if they're not like there's like something in your head where it's like I didn't spend money on this game. And so it's okay if I buy like, oh, just a little bit of like, you know, this currency here to get this for my guy or this. You know, I can spend a little bit here because I didn't even I didn't spend sixty dollars on this game, so it's fine if I spend this much money on it. And so it's a lot easier to make money off of these mobile gamers. Right, but your average mobile gamer isn't gonna view Final Fantasy VII: The First Soldier the same way that they view Flappy Bird or I don't know Candy Crush. Like this is a game that you're specifically gonna be looking for because you're a fan of Final Fantasy, and that is why them putting it on mobile is absolutely baffling to me. I I don't know. Am I wrong? I I don't agree with the move to put all sorts of games on mobile, like specifically. But I just if if they're making it for mobile, I'm to me that screams half baked game. Screams they just want money to me. I'm with you, Jay. I I don't know. I just don't think there's a lot of love put into mobile games. I think for the most part, people just make mobile games to make money. Which at the end of the day, you make games to make money. I'm sure, but like it's just. A lot more gratuitous, maybe. That's what I'm trying yeah, to get at. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Okay, um, Babylon's Fall. Now, this game looks extremely promising, and obviously Square Enix thinks so too, because a very large portion of their showcase was about ba- Babylon's Fall. So, there's not a whole lot that we got in the first part of the trailer. They did a little bit of explaining But to be completely honest, even through the explaining of the world and the story, I was still confused about those parts. (laughs) I mean, I just it and I don't think it's their fault. I think they're really working on a huge project here and they just didn't have enough time to go over like this war and this world building that they've done for Babylon's Fall. Um, Here's what I do know. Art style looks incredible. The fighting. Oh, my God, that fighting looks amazing. So fluid. The gameplay, incredible. I think it's going to be a big hit just on that alone. Even if the story is kind of subpar. I mean, like the fighting can sometimes make up for that. I think this might be one of those. I think they're looking for this to be a huge IP. I actually have some thoughts on the fighting in this. Um, You know how in God of War, when you hit something... Like you can like you can like feel the weight of your attack and like you can like see your enemy kind of react to your hit. Yes. When I watch the gameplay and like the fighting in this game, it's what I call I don't know if this is like I, I'm sure this is not an industry term for it, but I call it like slapping a meat puppet. Like you're just you're hitting this enemy over and over again. It doesn't feel like your attacks have weight because you can't even see the enemy responding to it. Like they just are standing there as if like you, nothing was happening to them anyways. 
it's not like well a meat puppet might be another term for it but like just a bullet sponge sure yeah kind of it's like you know you're hitting this person over and over and over again and nothing sure. <laughs> i don't want to tell you you're wrong but sure <laughs> um and like it just it doesn't look like they're even kind of responding to it so it feels like your attacks don't have weight and blah 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 but on the on the bright side you can jump to be honest with you peaches i didn't really see it that way and i understand where you're coming from my stupid gamer brain was more like, oh my god, look how flashy and fun the attacks look. You know? I mean, flashy and fun is only good on the surface level. I mean, the truth is you're right. If I don't feel like those attacks have weight, then it's going to get repetitive and old. But if they do, which was hard to tell from the trailer, then I think you've got a really solid game on your hands. Yeah, and I, like... Like I said, I the the game isn't out yet, and so my can like like what I see in the trailer isn't necessarily true. It's just you know in, in this three minute trailer, this is what it looked like to me. Besides, in my I'm most excited to talk about what's up next in the Square Enix showcase. Um, well that's not true. Life is Strange Remastered Collection. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's Life is Strange. Um, the first game, and then Before the Storm, which is uh. A separate game that's a prequel to the first game. Here is what pisses me off, and I know you two are not going to know what I'm fucking talking about, but maybe Travis will. What the <laughs> hell? Where is Life is Strange 2? Why have they completely swept Life is Strange 2 under the rug? I would argue that Life is Strange 2 is way more gut-wrenching than the first two games were. Maybe not Before the Storm. Before the Storm had its moments, but Life is Strange 2 hit me so hard profoundly in the feels department and i feel like square is like trying to get rid of this game and i don't understand why why are they not including life is strange 2 they put this work in it would probably be just as hard to like update this as it is the other two i don't understand why they're not doing that especially considering life is strange 2 is only like a year older or a year younger than um before the storm i just i don't get that i don't know enough about the series um we really should get travis back on to talk about some of this game stuff with us because i think he'd have some interesting takes but i don't know if enough about life is strange specifically to add anything to this i'm just gonna tell honestly honest to god i'm just gonna message him after this i want to rant about that with him <laughs> travis square enix hurt my feelings <laughs> they're there jp travis is here no he <laughs> travis is always there for me all right, now here's the good news. Life is Strange True Colors, which is the next uh which is the next game in the Life is Strange series, looks like it's going to be really really good. Um we've already gotten some gameplay. We didn't really get a lot out of the Square showcase that we didn't already know about Life is Strange True Colors. Um that being said, I really really like what I've seen from the game so far. I think the what I really like about Life is Strange is like the strangeness of the powers they're not generic powers you know like alex chen's ability essentially is that like it's like some type of weird like empath ability where like emotions to her like she can see people's emotions and it's gonna be really weird to see how that plays out so she's sensitive yeah <laughs> essentially she's just built different she's a leo <laughs> oh god no not a leo i'm a taurus no oh god no I, i'm a fiocus but uh <laughs> i'm a capri sun 
Um, hmm. Well, no, I actually named a real. I named a real one, but no one talks about it because it's what I, I'm not. It's what this. It's not what this is about. Um, you're describing that her her powers is like an empath. Is that right? Is that the right word? Like she can feel other people's emotions. People's emotions give off like a visual aura to her, and I feel like the way that's going to work out in gameplay because the whole mystery she's trying to solve is who killed her brother apparently or how did her brother die i i think it's like her brother died but she suspects that it was of malicious intent by somebody else in this town so i'm guessing that the empath mechanics in the game are gonna have something to do with like trying to see when people are telling you the truth i don't know i don't know exactly how it's gonna work out yet but i do think it looks interesting Hopefully it works out better than that. Uh, what was that one detective game where like you had to try to see if someone was lying by like looking at their facial expression? Oh my god, they're... the memes from that are so good. <laughs> I'm sure it'll work out better than that. Um, so that's basically it. We didn't get anything new for Life is Strange, True Colors, really, but seeing this trailer did still make me excited for it. Very last thing Square Enix gave us was, um... I'm here to kill chaos. Oh, yeah, the, uh, this was the trailer where they just kept saying chaos. I, oh, my gosh, yeah. I thought they were memeing me, because they did it, like, eight times. Eight times they said, oh. I'm here to kill chaos. I'm like, who's chaos? I'm who's gonna chaos? kill chaos. <laughs> and, and then the night, the big scary night goes, You're here to kill me. I'm chaos. And I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was a bad translation or what, but this kept going. I was oh, like, no I'm way. Chaos. <laughs> it's like, is this a meme? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, not everyone can be as good at writing dialogue as Bioware, all right? <laughs> all right. But, um, but no one can be like Tommy Wiseau levels of Ben. All right, I'm good. Sorry, oh, you go. <laughs> no, no, I'm glad. I'm really glad you brought that up because I was thinking the same thing, but I thought it was just me. I was like, I'm like, I, I feel like they're saying chaos a lot. I'm chaos. <laughs> Oh, that was good. <laughs> He's gonna kill you, dude. You better be careful. <laughs> okay. Um, Final Fantasy Origin Stranger Paradise. Um, it looks great, but I don't give a shit about this until I see where Final Fantasy 16 is because I am really looking forward to that game, and I want to make sure you motherfuckers are still working on that. You're doing everything for Final Fantasy except working on the 16th game that you promised us with that trailer. So. Get with it, please. <laughs> I'll I'll come in to check on your progress soon. And that was it. That was the Square Enix showcase. Um, very uh, below average. I the parts of the showcase that I enjoyed were seeing things that I already knew about. I learned about freaking. Uh, technically, this came before the Nintendo Direct, but I learned about the remakes for uh, Life is Strange from the Nintendo Direct, but. I also felt like the Nintendo Direct did a better job of presenting that with like their cool little new art trailer. Um, so I wasn't too impressed with that. We didn't get anything new about True Colors um, besides like talking to the girl that does like the song, like the musician that does the song for True Colors, which I guess was kind of cool, but doesn't really do a lot for me as much as like learning about the game. Guardians of the Galaxy was cool. I'm optimistic, but... That's not enough to save an entire showcase of mobile game ads and shit posting. Now, I got a question. Is it still an elephant in the room if like a giant elephant is missing from the room? Because 
Where the fuck was Final Fantasy 7 2 2? Um, that's another excellent question. That's really the question is like, why are they wasting their time with these small potatoes that have to do with Final Fantasy when they've got Final Fantasy 16 in the works? And yeah, this new like this addition to Final Fantasy 7 that people are actually really looking forward to. No, I don't know. That's a really good question. It's just like, I don't understand what they were trying to do with Final Fantasy in this showcase. If their goal was to make everybody who likes Final Fantasy mad, they did a great job. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. They wanted to push the bar down as much as possible. So that way, when Final Fantasy 7 2 2 came back out, it could get the same reception as Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I um, mean, I've heard I've heard crazier theories. Chaos? <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> Zorx? <laughs> Sorry, I missed you. All right, I'm. I need to rest my voice. We could probably speed through these next things. Oh yeah, skeet through these as fast as you can, Chess. Skeet, skeet, because skeet, Zach... motherfucker. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Because Zach still has to talk about Nintendo. All right. So, uh, Warner Bros. Uh, honestly, not a lot. They they showed some more Back for Blood. Again, Back for Blood is everywhere. If the game looks great, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, PC gaming show, Orcs Must Die 3. I know people like this game. Uh, not my thing. Bar Changing Tide. Meh. Eve Academy website. Eve is such a complex game that they had to make a whole thing just to help people figure out how to play it. Uh, Gigabash. No thoughts. Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song. I, I didn't realize that Vampire the Masquerade was big enough to keep making games of it. Me neither. Uh, Tiny Ken. <laughs> yeah, Tiny Ken. No thoughts. Icarus. No thoughts. Again, like if you like these games... Feel free to tell me why I'm wrong and why these games are actually going to be sick. But not my uh, as from what I've seen, not my thing. Future games show uh, Indistinction, Eldest Soul, Lake. These are all separate games, by the way. Minute of Islands, Tales of Iron, uh, Rune Factory Five, Immortality. I have no thoughts on any of them. It's just it, like it's some indies that aren't up my alley. Um, and me and Zach. We're right on the money with this one. Uh, 24 Entertainment brought <laughs> Knocker a Blade Point. Uh, makes sense. It was the only game that was advertised on their website. <laughs> you guys did nail that. Good for you. We research. <laughs> yeah, we do research on this podcast. It's a legitimate podcast for legitimate people. <laughs> it, it, oh. Yeah. So uh, good job, me and Zach. Um, Zach. Day three was kind of, I don't want to say kind of, it was more your day than it was my day, but I will talk about Freedom Games when we get to it. You could take over from here. No. Okay. No! Take two didn't show. Yeah, all right. Well, you know, he said no. No means no, GP. Uh, we respect consent here. Uh, um, God damn it. That's, that's what I'm doing? Is my name yeah, on you this? said no, so I'm going to take over. No, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, take two literally came out of nowhere. Um, and by that, like they talked about a very important thing and I'm more than happy to, um, kind of read it word verbatim here, but basically they talked about how there are, how corporations are responsible for bringing diversity, equality, and inclusion into the workplace. Yeah, that was kind of a weird direction to go. I mean, it's not that I disagreed with them. It's just like absolutely amazing point, And we totally agree. But it just felt like a big 180. It just felt like a big 180 because we were all exactly. talking about games and new things coming out. And then here's this corporation giving us a corporate spiel about how they're going to be a good company, which is great. 
I want them to be a good company. Exactly. It's just it just came out of nowhere. I don't believe that they're going to be a good company, but you know, I don't believe do service. Exactly. It just seemed out of place. In, in in the light of what we've been doing, it just seemed a little out of place. Again, I agree with you. I think what you're doing is great. But um, and so yeah, I think that's it, right? I get that. Did I do good? Yeah, I mean, you nailed take two. Um, when we talk Capcom, I, uh, Capcom is more your thing than it is mine. But Capcom's easy. I got this. I got this. Okay, let's listen here, guys. So Resident Evil Village came out. Big titty vampires. Yes, yes, yes. A million times, yes. Um, <laughs> woo, I love that woman. And so basically, the director came out and he went, "Hey, guess what? Our game's selling boohoo cakes." Thanks. There's a <laughs> DLC. It's not DLC coming. It's the Monsterverse, right? That's what it is. Do you know what the Monsterverse is, JP? I don't know. I, t- I, I, I thought it was supposed to be DLC. Maybe there is. Maybe I'm mixing. I think I'm mixing up Monsterverse. Look, whenever they bring up Lady Demetricu or whatever her name is, I don't care what they're saying. I wasn't paying attention. I just want that woman to crush me with her thighs. That's all I that's all I want. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm absolutely here for it yes Agreed. thank you thank you Chez. Chez gets me i, I yeah I, I i'm on the thirst train with it now i, oh, I, I understand oh yes the thirst train me me and jp are down bad down <laughs> catastrophically oh i have problems <laughs> <laughs> the next game they show was monster hunter stories which is getting really hyped up which i'm glad for um i already pre-purchased the game and i'm glad that i did i'm excited to again play another um, game that's like Pokemon and hopefully can push this uh, monster collecting thing to the next level because I don't know like I like Peaches said I think um, our, many people have so the time specifically Peaches though uh, Pokemon can get kind of stale because they kind of do the same formula over and over and over um, yes <laughs> times that by like eight or nine generations yeah and so, yeah, any chance we get an innovation, again, we don't want to monopolize that because that's what happens. It just keeps doing the same thing over and over. So, anyway, long story sh- short, Monster Hunter Stories, it looks awesome. Um, you are a tamer. You battle with, I believe, a starter Pokemon, but they're they're called Monsties in this game. Um, and it'll be a good time. <laughs> Monsties. <laughs> ah, it's, super, it's super cute. Like, if you like animals, I think you're going to ball into this game. And if you like Pokemon, you know you like animals, so... Wait, hold on. Monster Hunter is pretty violent. Are these like monsty fights gonna like get gruesome? Because I don't know if I I would be able to handle that. Oopsie whoopsie! You killed my <laughs> monsty wonsty. Huh. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I did that. So there's a there's a Monster Hunter stories came out on 3ds and it was really good and there was no talks about this. Um, but honestly, Chess, I don't think so. Okay, but it, like as long as like it's. I don't know what the word would be, but, you know, Pokemon is okay because, like, even though it's violent, it's like, oh, I mean, sure, he just got hit by a, you know, a extremely large bolt of lightning, but he's fine. He just, he's just fainted. Yeah. So, you know, you can still be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm beating the absolute shit out of these things, but they're just fainted. It's fine. I don't got to worry about it. This doesn't weigh on my conscience because he's just knocked out. Uh huh. Yeah, I. He's making a lot of sense. I don't know. That's great. I guess I could do more research on that. One. There's a demo coming on July 9th, so we can find out together. How about that? 
All right. Yeah, you stream it and I'll watch. All right. I got you. Follow me at uh, Dad Jokes. Oh, wait. What's my thing again? Uh, Dad, Dad Jokes with Doggos or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go watch Zach's stream, by the way. I'm going to retweet you on uh, Game T Zach because his streams are awesome and he's playing some good fucking games right now. Yeah, he's playing some great games. He's great at interacting with his audience when they talk to him. So, And I'll, I'll play games. You, I'll do polls and then you guys come on games to play and I'll try and be funny. And I got dad jokes. And I got a wheel now and Chez loves the wheel. I love the wheel. The wheel. Mar- and, you know, he promised me Marvel races at some point, so. Uh, okay, uh, so next up is Monster Hunter Rise, a bunch of collaboration DLC, um, and Monster Hunter Rise is doing very well. Thanks for asking. They kind of just flex the whole presentation. After that, <laughs> oh no, sorry, I almost <laughs> forgot this game. The Great Ace Attorney Chronicle. Um, yeah, it's Phoenix Wright, but British, and it's coming to the US for the first time. So people are excited about that, I think. It's not me, but if you like those kind of games, good for you. Oh, no, it's the constables. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. And you're British, so you can get away with this. I don't know if you watch internet comment etiquette, but you sound a lot like Novelberry. Okay. But anyways, let's continue on. Let's get one thing straight. I, uh, I'm i kind of British. My mom was born in England, and my Nana lives here. But, you know, I'm like you guys, okay? I'm I like get my tea bag in my hot water one dip at a time. I'm no different than any other guy. Guys? Guys? You guys drink tea? Shut up. Anyway, it's good for your voice and it tastes yummy. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? I want you to tell Zach to continue on to the limited run games after Ace Attorney. Uh, That's kind of why I paused. Um, The Great Ace Attorney Chronicle is coming to the United States the first time. And if you like Phoenix Wright, you'll like this. That's it for Capcom. In take two. Your turn. JP, do you want to take the limited run games? I mean, I, I watch these. This was just another thing. It's like, a lot of indies that just weren't up my alley. I mean, I can just read them off real quick. I can do the same thing because at least I've got a couple of dogs in the race here because everybody knows that I am a huge fan of indies. But even that being said, Limited Run, don't get me wrong, it it was almost as if they were just coasting through on this because there were everything seemed moderately cool, but nothing sucked, nor did anything stand out, in my opinion. So Axiom Verge 2 coming out. Cool. Uh, Blood Rain Betrayal, Fresh Bites, uh, Castlevania Requiem I thought was cool, Sympathy of the Night, and Rondo of Blood. I think the name is kind of stupid, but... <laughs> Rondo! Yeah, exactly. But Castlevania, I mean, I kind of wish Zoro was here to talk about that, too, because I do know that he's a big fan of Castlevania games. Uh, Contra, okay, Contra's cool. I can get behind the Anniversary Collection coming out for the Switch and PlayStation. Uh, Double Dragon and Kunio Kun Retro Brawler Bundle. No dog in the race there. Um, then we had Dusk, Ghoul Patrol, Going Under, Haven, and Hunt Down Collector's Edition that were just kind of like skidded by. Again, all things that looked moderately interesting. Um, if you're into indie games, there's a couple of those that I think you'd be super into. But again, nothing that really stuck out. Um, then we had One Step from Eden. Plumbers Don't Wear Ties, which actually kind of looked good, and Republic Anniversary Edition. What I think about the pronunciation there. uh, Thank you. (laughs) I may be English, but my last name is French, so there you go. Uh, Retromania Wrestling. I don't know who asked for that, but here we are. (laughs) RWBY Grim Eclipse. Uh, Skatebird. That looked somewhat interesting, too. 
Uh, that's coming to Switch and PlayStation 4. Uh, Strife is coming to Switch. Super Hot is coming to Switch and PlayStation 4. Kind of a daylight dollar short, but again, there you go. And The Takeover. So, if you haven't heard of any of those games that I just mentioned, um, you're not the only one. I think we need to appreciate the fact that even though we didn't hear of a lot of these games that came out of Limited Run, it's always cool seeing indie developers come to events like this. Especially when you've got the big dogs who are also in this thing. You know, it can be a little intimidating. But at the same time, like, we all know how important indie developers are to this industry. So I am all about them coming here and showing these games. And if any of those sounded interesting at all to you, by all means, go check them out. Reggie, is that and you? Reggie. <laughs> and I'm, I'm handing this over to Chess because he was actually really excited about Freedom Games presentation. Yeah. Okay. So this presentation, it went so under the radar and it it deserves a lot more limelight. They They didn't have a ton of games to show like Xbox did. But what they did show fucking slapped, dude. Well, all of it except for the mobile game, but we'll get to that. So I think I'm pronouncing this right. Anushard. Uh, this one was a 2D action RPG, had some really cool looking combat and it had some puzzle solving and it's going to be Xbox and PC exclusive. I think that this game was honestly like the first game where I was like watching a game that like takes place on like a 2D plane. I was like, holy shit, I could absolutely see myself getting down on this. Um, Tower Rush, that, this is the dumb mobile game. Um, do not care even slightly about the mobile game. Um, Sands of Aura. This one looks kind of like, uh, it reminded me of like an old, uh, it looks a little bit like um, Diablo in a way. Oh, um, okay. It was, it was a top-down action RPG. And it says it has Souls-like combat. Uh, we all know how I feel about comparing yourself to Dark Souls if you're not in the Souls genre. It's the uh, Dark Souls <laughs> of Dark Souls! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, it, it, but it looks like a lot of fun, and we'll just pretend like it didn't compare itself to Dark Souls. Um, one Lonely Outpost. This one I especially like. Um, this one, I, I am calling it uh, Space Stardew Valley. Uh, it's a game where you go on a spaceship you find a like new colony and you essentially are like building it up like you would in stardew valley and you go raid dungeons and fight people like you do in stardew valley except this time you do it in like a mech suit it looks like i'm all about it i am absolutely hyped for this one and i will get it day one uh dark deity this one i was one of the iffier ones for me but it um I, I say it looks kind of weeby, so you know it's like it looks like it's drawn in an anime type art style, but it has like turn-based combat. It kind of reminds me of like an older Final Fantasy kind of deal. Oh, okay. But it actually looked pretty cool. Um, Slaughter League. This one just kind of looked like one of those party games you play for a night with your buddies and then never touch again. But you know, it doesn't mean that's not a good time. Fair enough. Um, it was basically this one was just you know like it, it was American Ninja Warrior, but you know. You could get hit by giant balls with spikes. Sounds dangerous. Sounds fun. It, it, yeah, it's, yeah. Is this one of the? Yeah, you know, it's a game you pick up, play for a night, and probably don't touch again. But it doesn't mean it's not bad. Or it doesn't mean it's bad. Uh, next to the rescue, this one was a uh, game where you essentially build a dog rescue, and you know, it, you know, it's one of those type of games where like you you own like this business, quote unquote, 
and you build it up and make it run well. And this, but in this one, you do it with a dog rescue, which you know, cute. I like I'm, I like dogs. Dog rescues are a good thing. Sure, but the premise of that as a game is very bizarre. Sure, but that's why we get into the next game, Cat Cafe Manager. Boo! I hate cats. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm slap the shit out of you. Do it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this is just going to be like another one of those. It's a simulation management game where you're trying to make a profitable cat cafe and you get to name the cats that are in your cat cafe. Oh, I'm so fucking sold. That's- <laughs> <laughs> um, you can see in the notes here that this is probably going to be one of the top game of the year contenders. I think this is going to be the one to take <laughs> it away from Ratchet and Clank. Um <laughs> So, moving on to the next one. We, uh, I was hyping this one up a little bit before we started recording. It's called Coromon. And if you are noting that it sounds a little bit similar to Pokemon, you would be correct. Because they are taking the Pokemon formula and doing it their own way. And I'm actually pretty excited for this one as well. I think if they can take that Pokemon formula and make a challenging and different enough Pokemon game, I am absolutely here for it. Someone needs to take the Pokemon formula and make it like recapture some of the magic that Pokemon has been losing over the years. Now, that being said, I'm actually super curious about Coromon because I've, this isn't even the first Pokemon clone we've seen within recent times. Temtem tried to do the exact same thing last year. So what are you hoping to see Coromon do that Pokemon does not do, Chess? Okay, so I want to see Coromon kind of take the Pokemon formula and first, like I said, add some challenge to Pokemon, all right? I want Pokemon, but I don't want to be snoozing through the whole thing and, like, just trying to get through it so I could see some of the other cool Pokemon. And two, like, I, they showed some, like, puzzle-solving things in this game. I think if you add puzzle-solving to a game, it actually, like, more often than not, as long as it's not, like, super out of place, it adds a lot of depth to the game and can, like, add a lot of enjoyment. And three, they also have some more customization than what's available already in Pokemon. And that's honestly a great thing. I don't know why Pokemon hasn't done this already. Like, it's so easy to just have custom, like, characters. And Pokemon's like, all right, here's, uh, you know, person A that has, uh, I think, is not is it just boy and girl? In Pokemon, they don't have non-binary or anything like that, right? That is correct. I, with Nintendo being as family-friendly as it is, they're not willing to d- dive into that, you know, or political correct culture we found ourselves in quite yet. I I could talk about that for a while, but it's whatever. Um, you have Pokemon, like you have Pokemon Boy A with his hat, and then you have Pokemon Girl B with her hat. And like, how could you not have character customization? It's so, so simple. Um, so yeah, th- those are just a few things that I would hope for at the very least from Coromon. And obviously, new cool looking monsters I can catch in battle with, man. Fair enough. Fair enough. Don't don't give me set of keys Pokemon. Don't give me garbage Pokemon, all right? Give me real cool-looking monsters to battle with. I mean, to I have a lot I could say about that, but I mean, ultimately what you're trying to say is you are correct. I have a lot of feelings about Pokemon. So you're just trying to say that you want more customization of the character? Customization of the character and a bigger challenge, more in de- more depth in the gameplay, which you know what? Those are all incredibly fair critiques of what Pokemon of Pokemon's current state. But anyways, uh, we don't want to get too hung up on Pokemon because this episode is already going to be an epic. 
And so lastly, uh, we got dreams or not. Sorry, not even I, I skipped over this one. Um, Air, Airborne Kingdom, I actually don't have a ton of thoughts on. It looked like an interesting little city builder. And the way they're adding depth to it is like you can have these added challenge mechanics to make it, you know, keep it from getting stale. You know, city builders are OK sometimes. I, I'm yet to see one that really holds my attention for a long amount of time. But that one might be the one. Um, and lastly, this is another one I think everybody should keep their eye on, is Dreamscaper. This one is a roguelite RPG where you, uh, every time you go into the dream world, you are, like, trying to survive and, like, fight through, like, what, what have you, as long as you can. And then when you wake up, you are going to spend, like, the experience that you got while you were sleeping in town to try to take back into the sleep world and get further and eventually beat it. And from what I got from this, it looks very, very much like it's inspired by Hades, but not so much so that it's literally just copy pasting Hades. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. It made me want to go play Hades because I haven't yet. Well, first of all, if you haven't played Hades after how much I've talked it up, I don't even know why we're friends. Second of all, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. It was on the in Peach's defense. He has played Mass Effect a lot so at least he's getting i, I have 300 some hours into mass effect but hey but hades came out last year and mass effect just came out like this month jay Plate dark souls came out in 2011 and i'm just not fair to it that's a fair point <laughs> the games don't have an expiration date i have learned there's too many games in this world <laughs> sometimes i'm just gonna take jp's word and say okay there it's are a good game many. oh my it didn't hook me yeah. for a reason all I'm gonna say. I will get to Hades eventually. To be honest, I've been waiting for a sale, and there's there's been like a ten percent off sale that I've seen, but that's not enough of a sale for me to be like, all right, I need to get this now. You know what? That's fair. I'm waiting for Ratchet and Clank to go on sale before I pick that up, because God knows I don't have any goddamn money. But <laughs> he's the man who says he's looking for an Xbox Series X. I'm working on it. It's a work in progress. <laughs> it, get off we of are, me. We were very very sidetracked. Dreamscaper looks really good. I'm looking forward to it. I think if you haven't seen the Freedom Games Showcase, absolutely check it out. This one went way too under the radar, and I do not know why. We have the indies. We have some of the biggest showcases. We we have one big guy to talk about left. Well, we've got two things to talk about left, but one big guy that was on day number four. And Zach, I think the floor belongs to you. Nintendo, 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 (laughs) Nintendo. Okay. Well, that's it. Wrap it up, boys. Wrap Time to go. Cred- roll credits. All right. So it started out with the Smash Bros. Everyone called it. Everyone knew there'd be a Smash reveal. And what do you know? There's a Smash reveal. We have a new character. We have Kazuya, which is a character from Tekken in Smash Bros. Now, Zach, how do you feel about this character? Okay. Let's be real. Super Smash Bros. has like almost 80 characters in it at this point. Um, the fact that I got Pyra and Mithra, I'm already on cloud nine. Like literally anything else they throw on now, I'm just like, please go for it. Why not? That's just free DLC. Not free DLC. I already paid for the DLC. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) and so I think this is a really neat addition because, um, we have Tekken, we have Street Fighter. Sorry, we being Smash Bros. Smash Bros. has Tekken, Street Fighter. I'm missing a fighting game. It's really embarrassing. Uh, the Fist of Fury, King of Fighters. Final 
Fury, Final Fighters, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an, it's an, so it's a older generation fighting game. Not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's older. So that's kind of why we don't know. Um, and then am I missing any? Did I say Street Fighter? I said Street Fighter, right? Yes, indeed. Okay. And so like, I just think like the more fighting game representation you get, like that's really cool. I don't know. Um, part of me really hopes the last character we get is like Scorpion or Sub-Zero. And then I think you have like every big fighting franchise covered besides like, that's it. I think that's every big fighting franchise. <laughs> oh, hold on. Is there Soul Calibur? Oh, Soul Calibur. Soul Cal... Yeah. Isn't Soul Calibur already conglomerate of fighters from different games? I have no idea. I just know that it's another big fighting game. I know there's a bear in it. I think. Actually, is that the one? With the <laughs> no, bear? that's Tekken. Could you imagine a game? Ryu! A bear! Just <laughs> a, a, like a bear! <laughs> That's how Tekken is. Tekken's weird. <laughs> a bear. Um, and so, I mean, I thought that was really cool. I, just because of like the reason I stated, I was not very hyped for it. Other than that, like I'm not going to probably play this character and just be like, ooh, neat. Okay, back to Pyro Mithra. Um, so I totally see yep, where JP's pirate. coming from. Peaches. And did you anything else to add? Where's my Commander Shepard and Smash? Fuck Commander Shepard. Where's Sora? I'm really hoping they get Where Sora. Where is Sora? Who the fuck is Sora? I don't know who Sora is. That must be from one of those indie games you play. Oh, jeez. He done do oh it to him. Oh, my God. I cannot <laughs> believe you just said that. He done did it to him. Okay, so I'm going to keep going just to avoid uh, Peaches dying. <laughs> Life is Strange Remaster Collections coming to Switch. Um, JP, you're probably not going to pick that up because you already have it. But there it is. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm happy that people who wanted to play it but only own a switch get to play it i just think that's a very small number of people who are like oh i've been waiting for life is strange yeah because it's on pc too right or is it sony it's it's literally everything except switch like you can get this wherever you want here's what i will say though they had a very cool animated trailer that even square enix didn't do in their showcase that i really really enjoyed um so good for nintendo i think that was really cool all right um and then yeah, Life and Strange two colors. Actually, it's actually it's true, true, true colors. colors. What the hell happened there? I don't, I don't know who wrote two. I was going really fast. I was trying to keep up. This is like part of the th- the direct that just kept going like quick, and I was like, oh my god, okay, we're going, we're going. Zach did me a huge favor so I could finish playing Mass Effect or Mass Effect three. <laughs> Fair so, enough. Sometimes I work. Sometimes I help. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy is coming to Switch, and they actually said it's the cloud version, so that'll be kind of. Like they Resident Evil 7's on the Switch too. It's the cloud version. So I don't I just think that's a neat little thing that won't be very big, but we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Um so yeah, we've already talked about Guardians of the Galaxy a lot. Worms Rumble was a game that they were kind of pushing a lot. Um this kind of reminded me of like um Ninjala. Like just like one of these big games that like is free to play or free to start, and they want you to get into it. Um other than that, it just kind of looked like a silly little like battle royale game. Just a bunch of worms trying to kill each other, right? You know what's funny is you know who I think is super into worms is Czar. Yeah, Czar. I think he was hyped for this. Hopefully, he was hyped. Worms is pretty. It's it's pretty fun. I mean, I again, it's one of those games I can't play for very long. But I, is Worms Rumble the battle royale worms, or am I thinking of something else? Yeah, it is. I don't even know why does everything need a battle royale. Uh, worms Rumble has nothing to do with that worms that you're thinking of, by the way. It's not the one big spacesuit worms. It's just literally worms fighting each other. I believe. I don't think there's any connection. Uh, is it the classic worms thing where like you're trying to get the other worms, the other worms to fall into the water off the yes. map? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. No, that's it's a fun game. Uh, the older ones were right. You know, this one probably will be about the same. Oh, 
Yeah, I didn't know it was already out. That was a new game. That's awkward. Thanks, Chez. Save me some. All right. <laughs> Astria Ascending, Dear Villagers. That's coming out. Um, Neat. Two Point Campus. <laughs> it's already been talked about. Um, Neat. Am I the only one here who actually thinks Two Point Campus kind of looks fun? I am, aren't I? Everyone's advertising it. No, 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 no. I'm into it. Are you into it? I, t- two Point Hospital, I've been, like, I don't know why, but there's something about, like, these management simulation sims that really, like, draws me in. Like, I've been looking at Two Point Hospital more and more lately. Interesting. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. But at the same time, Zach's right. It's like, neat. Um, And then they kind of do, like, kind of... <laughs> this Nintendo Direct respected Super Monkey Banana Ball Blitz more than they respected Legend of Zelda. So. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. They gave Super Monkey Banana Ball 1 and 2, like a highlight, a shout out, and there's Mania coming out on October 5th, 2021. <laughs> I'm so sad. We'll get to Zelda in a second, but I thought that was hilarious. I was like, wow, they're doing this? What are they going to do for Donkey Kong and Kirby? <laughs> Uh, I hate my life. <laughs> Nintendo is stupid sometimes. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not a Monkey Ball fan. I know that like it was just a GameCube thing that just apparently a lot of people love. I just missed the train, but... That was me, baby. I love a Super Monkey Ball. Were you hyped for this, Chess? No. Okay, cool. All right, <laughs> after that, I know this was exciting in the fact that this is what everyone wanted. It's Mario Party Superstars. They redid a bunch of insects. I think... I think it's actually just a bunch of boards. It's not just the N64. Uh, they redid a bunch of old boards from like Mario Party 1 through 6, I believe is the, the game that they cut off on. Um, and there was a bunch of returning games and it's compatible for the Switch Lite. Um, so this was really big in the fact that like literally like whenever, when Super Mario Party came out, they're like, why did they just do this? And so they're like, okay, watch me. And they did it. But what I wanted them to do was make this DLC to make the previous Mario Party that they made better. Instead of a whole new game. Yep, that's that is the thing I've been hearing the most is why is this a sixty dollars separate game and not DLC for the game I already own? And that is exactly hilarious that you say such a thing because then I would say, what's the difference between Mario Party Two and Mario Party Three? They're both fun. Added games. They added a few new games. Did they not add in a few new games to Mario Party Superstars? Compared to Super Mario Party, I know it's not the same games. So, like, I get what you're saying. I already bought Super Mario Party, and I would totally love it. But if Nintendo can go ahead and sell this again for 60 bucks, you know they're going to do it. Of course I know that that's the route that they're going to take. I just... Come on. And they've done it previously. Mario Party 6, 7, and 8, 9, and 10. They all, I think, 6 might have been on the GameCube. 7, the first one on the Wii? Anyway, like, they all had the opportunity for DLC. They're like... Nah, we're just going to make them pay another 60 bucks because they're right. People will do it. They will. But it's just like, would it? Ugh. It would be cool if the Nintendo just, you know, did a cool thing and not a $60 thing. Yeah. It's like, just just be cool. This is just rehashes of stuff that people have already paid money for in the past. Like, come on. Yeah, that's what Nintendo is does. I bought all the Mass Effect games and all their DLCs for $60, all right? That's three full Mass Effect games, so like 20 bucks a piece. You cannot tell me I'm going to get the same amount of content out of like a Mario Party game. Like even all of these Mario Party games doesn't have the same amount of content for like 60 bucks, but... Can you play Mass Effect with your friends and get drunk doing it? 
Uh, if they added the multiplayer back, yes. That's ex- okay, but Z- Zach, that's exactly why, despite me bitching and complaining like I always do, I'm still gonna buy this. Oh yeah, no, and I'm upset too. Like I'm not. I'm just trying to play devil's advocate here. Like I see why people are getting upset. I just think people are setting themselves up for failure because Nintendo has never done this. Never. People are setting themselves up for failure before every Nintendo Direct. Oh, I'm not even saying that you shouldn't like you should get this as free DLC. I'm saying like release this as a thirty dollar DLC. Oh, well, they've for... never done that either. Like they like I don't know. I, I guess they've done DLC before, but they've never done it for Mario Party. And Nintendo is just all sorts of funky. I can appreciate you trying to play advocate. Devil's advocate me, like, yes, this is a twenty dollar DLC pack. That would make me like poop my pants. I would have been so much more excited. Um, but oh I yeah, think, that would have been stellar. I think at the end of the day, like they're still a business. They're still trying to make tons of money. They're still trying to do that. And like, I don't think you can compare Mass Effect to Mario Party. I, I agree. I see your point. Yes, those are much harder games to remaster. Uh, they have a lot of content and they get a lot of things to fix and improve and re-render or whatever. Um, Mario Party is just it's a different audience. You can't compare I don't know, that to that, I, I think. But I also say there's more content i'm not comparing the games themselves but i'm comparing like content dollar for dollar and, and i don't you can't base an experience on dollars I, that's my belief i see what you're saying i totally think you make a totally valid point i think you i i'm always thinking like god i paid 40 bucks for dark souls i never played it i'm gonna go play it now i don't actually want to play dark souls i just want to get my 40 bucks worth of it because i bought it on sale or i don't you know what i mean gentlemen we have got to keep moving I think that is a gaming topic that I would love to discuss later. Um, and so, yeah, I will keep going. And this was my favorite ass- announcement because I knew they weren't going to talk Metroid Prime 4. Everyone knew it. They're like, no way. And so they were like, when they said, like, hey, Metroid Prime 4 is doing fine. I was like, they're going to talk about something else. Like, it's got to be something else Metroid. They wanted to shit on my feelings. Wait, would they? And so, um, <laughs> <laughs> well, Zelda did it. So why wouldn't they do it to you? <laughs> Metroid, because Metroid's already dead. Um, no, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Metroid Dread um, got announced and it's a 2D Metroid uh, I can't say Metroidvania because it's what invented Metroid. But anyway, uh, the genre-defining Metroid is back. Uh, and it's a new Metroid game, not a remake, none of that. It's Metroid 5, it's 2D, and I know, like, it's always been thrilling or suspenseful in Metroid, but they felt like they were going... It felt like through this trailer, they were going for a full horror-esque vibe. And I fucking was there for it. You're right. 100% right. It was... Yeah, that was a fantastic trailer. It's coming out October 29th. I am beyond excited. This, I think there were talks about a Metroid 2D being announced, and I was like, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, here, maybe. Um, I think there was more talk about the Donkey Kong and Kirby, which were not there. <clears throat> so, um, spoilers. Yeah. Uh, anything you thought of Peaches or JP that you'd like to add to Metroid Dread? You're absolutely right. I mean, I was certainly surprised to see, hey, Metroid 4 is working along just fine, but we don't have any news. So anyway, here's Metroid 5. That threw me for a loop. I'm like, ah, that seems backwards. Uh, that being said, Metroid Droid, uh, not Metroid Droid, uh, Metroid Dread looks fantastic. Zach, you hit the nail on the head. This is going to be a very, like, suspenseful, maybe even on the verge of horror style Metroid game. And that excites me quite a bit. Because not only did I want a rehash of Metroid, I always, I also wanted Nintendo to take a step in the direction of true horror. 
And I think this is a pretty solid compromise. I can't wait for this game. Yep. Uh, and so I'm kind of going <clears> to... <throat> so that is like my most sad thing. I hope it gets some cells because that's the thing that Metroid always gets crapped on for. It's this critical, amazing masterpiece. And then it sells like 800 copies. And everyone's like, where's my Metroid at, bro? And then next up, Just Dance. Uh, yeah, that's coming. Who's still buying these? A lot of people. I go back to my Mario Party debate. <laughs> yeah fair point uh cruising blast which was i don't remember this was the car racing game it's kind of like i don't know some people made it try to sound like cruising blast was kind of like um the nintendo's uh forza and i was like okay it's just a racing game on this on the switch as of now and it might be (laughs) yes correct uh dragon okay so after cruising blast dragon ball z kakarot plus dlc is coming on september 24th um they did talk about Mario Golf, which is coming out this Friday. It'll be out on the tw- on yeah the Friday after you guys listen to that podcast because you're awesome. Um, and I will be playing that and probably streaming it. So hopefully you guys can reach out and we can sh- play together. Maybe it's got a good online. Yeah, let me know, Zach. I'll be I'll be playing that shit. Ooh. Um, and they announced that just like Mario um, Super Super Aces, Mario something, what the tennis game on the Switch, it's gonna have free updates. So yay content to keep it relevant um okay yeah mario golf exciting play with us okay after that monster hunter stories 2 um they're getting a free demo i think i did this backwards you're doing a free demo on july 9th and then the game will come out on july 25th so if you're interested and they said it carries over to your um new save file so that'll be neat um are any of you guys interested in monster hunter stories I would love to try Monster Hunter. I just have so many other things on my backlog that take precedent. And despite the fact that I'm about a month into my summer vacation, I've barely gotten to any of it. So I feel you. Actually, no, I don't. I'm clearing I, my backlog like a motherfucker. Yeah, dude, you're fucking just trucking that shit. Zach, you are tearing it up, man. And you're doing it while streaming, which is a whole new beast. I, I love that. I love you. Oh, okay. So here is why I'm confused. Are you guys ready? Sorry, I want to clarify this. Uh, Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin trial version is coming soon. It does transfer uh, to the full game on Nintendo Switch. Oh, the demo is available June 25th. On Steam, it's available on July 9th. Because I was going to say, this is coming to Steam and Nintendo Switch. Okay, okay. That makes more sense now. Sorry. Uh, Warrior Wear, get together. JP. You're excited for this. You were like, this is the game that I'm most excited for. Tell me why. Okay, so I don't know if it's what I'm most excited for out of the Nintendo showcase, but it definitely is exciting. And to tell you the truth, I don't really know why I'm super excited for WarioWare. Um, I remember there was a game I played on fucking AddictingGames.com, if you guys remember that shit from 15 years ago. Um, I was more of a cool math games guy myself. Yeah, you look like the type. Anyway, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) So anyway, there was like this, the game where the premise is you have like, it's a game with like a hundred different little games in it that only take four seconds. And I remember it was a blast to play. And WarioWare is kind of of the same premise. Not to mention that WarioWare has a lot of salience in other parts of Nintendo culture, right? Like, the trophies that you can get in Super Smash Bros and just like nods through other games to WarioWare. I don't know. I think it looks like a lot of fun. I think it looks quirky. I think it looks actually well put together. And I want to let Wario into my heart. 
All right. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to get it. I haven't. It's like one of the few games I haven't ordered because I'm like, I'll wait till I get like reviews. Um, the next game, though, <laughs> I am super excited for only because I had to miss out on Persona 5 because it didn't come out to Switch. <laughs> so anyway, the next game that I'm getting at is Shin Megami Tensei 5. It's coming out on November 12th. Um, guys, I got super anime vibes from it, and that just, just gets me super excited. I love anime. I love RPGs. You fuse them together, you're going to have a good time. They quite literally took the plot of Persona 5 and made it this game. I mean, there's a few there's a few key differences, but I mean, like, even the demons, they just took some of the same designs, like, quite literally. I love how you said, did you know Shin Megami Tensei is actually the original? I did. I did know that. So they didn't take it. Persona But who's it. more popular? Okay, you are you are you are right. You're you're 100% right. Shin Megami Tensei came before any of the Persona games did, but I don't understand how these games are like related in the sense of like you literally have the same exact characters and demons and like mechanics. I believe there's just, I think it's a spin-off. I I I'm pretty sure I'm not. I don't offend anybody. Like Persona is supposed to be like the more I don't know relatable one, maybe. And Shin Megami Tensei is more focused on the demons. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Persona kind of makes me uncomfortable. Um, like it's don't get me wrong. Persona Five is excellent, but like looking back on Persona Five, I'm like, there's a lot of like really old dudes that have are like down bad for high school girls, and that makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yep, you're not kidding. So hopefully Shin Megami Tensei can skip out on that part of Persona. No, nope. <laughs> you're just trying to save the world from the apocalypse. It's fine. Just normal high school stuff. Just high school things. Are you guys excited for this? Um, yes, actually, despite me, despite like kind of my sadistic tone towards it a moment ago, um, <laughs> it does look excellent. It looks very good. Um, I also enjoyed Persona quite a bit, and these mechanics seem to make it a lot more streamlined to like what you're actually doing, where like Persona is a lot more dedicated to kind of like that balance between high school life and I don't know, being a weird dimension traveling demon slayer. I think Shin Megami Tensei looks like it's more dedicated to just the latter of that, which I don't know. I kind of did like the balance in Persona 5, but at the same time, like my favorite parts were definitely slaying the demons. So there you go. You always love killing demons. OK, hell yeah. Um, And so, yeah, that's that looks really polished. It's getting a worldwide release, which apparently is not a thing that normally happens. Was Persona 5 worldwide release? Not initially, I don't think. Yeah, I do not think so. Yeah, so apparently this is like an Atlas first. Like, Atlas is, like, notorious for not doing that. So that's kind of a neat little thing. Um, anyway, going on. Uh, Dagon Rampa is coming to Switch. It's a high school uh, sadistic take of Phoenix Wright. It's kind of the vibe I got from it. I know a lot of people like it, and that's why it's coming to Switch. Did you guys have anything you want to add to that? I think it's extremely interesting. I do want to try it. Um, but then again, I also did want to try Phoenix Wright, and I never got around to even picking it up so it's one of those things where like i admire it from a distance but i probably will never play it i feel that all right uh so with that being said uh we had one of the biggest surprise announcements besides metroid um fatal frame is getting a new game yeah made in the blackwater what an announcement that's incredible i can't wait now this is a game i can't wait to play if you've never tried the Fatal Frame series, it was super popular on the PS2 era. Um, but God, what a horror game. Um, the setting is amazing. The mechanics worked really well. Um, a lot of people were extremely excited for this, and I'm one of them, for sure. Yeah. Wow. 
not my type of game, but I could see why JP would be excited. So, yay! I like happy JPs. Okay, and then we went straight through a bunch of games. So, you guys ready? Rapid fire. Okay, we have Ringu, Doom Eternal DLC, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, Mario and Rapids 2. Advanced War. Oh, okay. Actually, I should stop. Sorry. Ringu and Doom Eternal DLC are kind of quick ones. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Quick. Mario Rabbids 2 we already talked about. Advanced Wars is one of those games that a lot of people talk about highly of that were on the Game Boy Advance. Hence the name. And it's kind of like a take on, like, just if you liked Fire Emblem, you're going to like Advanced Wars. Because that's not necessarily true. But it's like a strategy-based game like that where you're like moving captains around. You're like responsible for them. It was not more casual than like you just your your tanks wouldn't like die and be gone forever. Um, maybe they add a new hard mode to that, but it's basically a reboot of Advanced Wars One and Two, and it's coming to Switch on January or January on December third, I think is yes, December third. And then they ended with JP's favorite thing. JP, are you ready? Uh, Hyrule Warriors DLC. Uh, I'm not one who's totally in love with it. I don't hate it or anything. I'm gonna get to playing that eventually but yeah uh they're really hyping up this hyrule warriors age of calamity dlc and i'm assuming they're gonna have some sort of tie-in with that last dlc with breath of the wild 2 um spoilers talk about breath of the wild 2 actually that's not true because essentially ah okay you know what spoiler spoiler alert right here move ahead like two minutes if you don't want to hear this the ending of hyrule warriors age of calamity essentially confirms that they're going off of multiverse theory where they didn't lose the war and Link didn't have to go in the hyperbolic time shaper. So did you beat it, JP? I did. I did beat Age of Calamity. Um, despite its uh, gameplay getting pretty stale, I did enjoy the story elements. Um, I'm pretty conflicted with the confirmation of multiverse theory. But at the same time, if they didn't do that, uh, what they did in Age of Calamity literally would not have made any sense to what actually happens in Breath of the Wild. So. Right, because it's supposed to be a prequel. Right. So it's kind of like, you know what? I can live with this. I For what it was, I thought it was fun. Um, but again, by the end of it, I was sick of the gameplay. Skyward Sword HD is still coming on July 16th. I'm very excited for that. Do you, you snap a pair of those Joy-Cons or no? Um, haven't pre-ordered them yet, but I do plan on looking at them soon, yes. Alright, and then there was the Legend of Zelda Game & Watch. It'll have links, or it'll have links 1 and 2. I did that, JV. I just done did it. You did the thing! <laughs> you did the thing! It's, it's uh, gonna have Zelda 1 and 2 on it, and then it'll have, and this is why I said it, Link's Awakening on it as well. The original Game Boy version. Bro, I felt like this was like just a troll at everybody. It was like the Switch Pro announcement, you know? Yeah, right. Everyone's like, oh, where's the new console? You guys wanted more bezels, less graphics, <laughs> less game slots. <laughs> they heard me. They heard they, my cry. They really do listen. They really do. <laughs> um, and there's a clock function on the game and watch. Um, if you're a diehard Zelda fan, I bet it'll be a cool knickknack for you. Uh. Um, and then there was a uh, game of the year, Blast Wild 2. They talked about it, JP. They showed 30 seconds of actual gameplay, and it kind of makes sense why it's taking so long. Yeah, um, that gameplay was actually 
incredibly crazy. And it also makes sense, actually, now why they're releasing um, Skyward Sword at this point. Because if you look closely at what we got in Breath of the Wild 2, which, by the way, my groaning, I'll explain why I'm groaning here in a moment, but if there's a saving grace about this Zelda part of this uh, Nintendo Direct, it was the Breath of the Wild 2 gameplay because it looks like, you know, you see Link, like, diving in Breath of the Wild 2 in a similar fashion that he does in Skyward Sword. And what's what you need to know about Zelda lore is Skyward Sword is technically the very first Zelda game. It's like, the game that like explains like who's Link, why is Zelda important, where did the Master Sword come from? All those games are answered in this, and now you see mechanics from that game being emulated in Breath of the Wild too. Um, so yeah, I things are starting to kind of click and make sense. And wow, what a trailer! That was an outstanding trailer. What did you guys think of that? I'm ready to peaches because I'm ready to I'm ready to join in your excitement. Are you, are you guys gonna be excited? Yeah. Yes. All right. I'll go after then. So I thought it was really neat. Um, I was like, why is it taking so long? I'm like, they could do Dark World. They could just do so that. They could just make Zelda playable. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, there's so many things they could do to make this just. There's so much of that world that I guarantee most people didn't get to. Um, and I'm glad they didn't take the easy way out. They pretty much destroyed the world. There's flying cities now. Um, Link can, like, go underground and go out of the ground like it's just a bunch of cool stuff like a bunch of new gameplay uh possibilities and i'm just sitting here like okay Mm -hmm. you have a whole new sandbox basically like they're they're kind of reusing it but they're more or less just reusing the art style from what i can tell um and they're adding so many more gameplay possibilities and i think that right and i with how long they're taking like this is taking just as long between skyward sword as Breath of the Wild. So you know they're going to make a banger. And so that's my thoughts right. on this. Uh, Peaches, go ahead and nail us down a peg here. Um, I did not see enough to be extremely excited about this yet. I like what, what, what did we see? Link's got like a robot arm. Um, and he there like there's time powers and go through the floor powers. And the flying. Was it really flying? Because, I mean, it looked like flying, like, the same way that you could fly, quote-unquote, in Breath of the Wild 1. Well, there's flying cities, so you have to get there somehow. But you're right, it could just be smart gliding. So, the reason that I'm not super in love with this trailer is just I didn't see enough to really get super hyped about it. Because... Like, we saw new powers, like, it looks like you can kind of reverse time instead of just pause it like you could in Breath of the Wild, and you can jump through some floors. Um, but other than that, I didn't see enough of, like, expanding on what we saw in Breath of the Wild to be like, oh my gosh, this is, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen, you know? Like, right. Breath of the Wild really had to work to win me over, because, like, I played it after all the hype had kind of gone away for it. And Breath of the Wild 2 is just like, you can't just give me Breath of the Wild, but like, again, you know, you have to add to it and like, show me why this is a whole new thing. Like Mass Effect 1 to Mass Effect 2, it might as well be two different games by how much they expanded and improved Mass Effects, right? And so I want Breath of the Wild to kind of do the same thing, like take Breath of the Wild 1 and build so much from it that it's like... It's the same incredible like new experience, but 
I did not see enough of Breath of the Wild 2 trailer to get that vibe from it. Okay, so the reason why I disagree with you, Peaches, is because you see tons of different mechanics already from this trailer that says a lot about the direction that Breath of the Wild 2 is going to go. For example, Link's arm. Like, the way it's, like, almost fused with the Sheikah Slate now. Like, that, you didn't have any questions about that and the new mechanics that it brings on, like, from that being a new thing. And on top of that, if you look at the trailer, we barely saw anything that took place in the old land of Hyrule that we saw from Breath of the Wild 1. This is all happening in places we've either not seen before from, like, Breath of the Wild 1, or in the sky, which suggests that this next game is probably going to take place above the clouds, where kind of like Skyward Sword, you can travel between the land and the clouds. I think that this trailer says a lot without saying a lot, if that makes sense. I think like, and I think these hints make a lot more sense to Zelda fans than it does to kind of Breath of the Wild fans, if that makes sense. I don't know. I disagree. I think there was plenty to be excited about in the trailer. That's what I was about to say is like hearing what you're saying right now. It sounds like we're coming at this from like I'm coming at this as a guy who did not care about Zelda even kind of. But like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And you're coming at this as a diehard Zelda boy. Yes, correct. So but that being said, I've heard a lot of opinions from even diehard Zelda fans that say they were disappointed in the trailer. Um, I disagree. So um Real quick, JP, what do you think about the uh, Zelda is actually Ganon theory? Or Zelda, oh my gosh, I'm doing the thing. <laughs> the, the link in the trailer is actually Ganon. <laughs> I, it's hard to say. I've heard the theory. Um, it doesn't have a lot of ground, in my opinion, to be true. Um, especially because we know that Breath of the Wild, take uh, relative to the timeline, I mean, it would make sense if this were a game that took place before even Skyward Sword. Then again, I'm trying to think of where the placement of this Zelda game is. What I would say is if that were true, holy fuck, that's a great twist. <laughs> yeah, no, see, that that's a twist that gets me hooked right away. Yeah, I'm all for it. Like, Zelda is my favorite gaming franchise of all time. And that being said, though, like anytime they have any way to deviate from the formula that has become so apparent in every Zelda game that Breath of the Wild has broken, go for it. But I think that's a pretty far-fetched theory, nonetheless. And that's how Nintendo's Direct ended. I was very well. (laughs) I have one last thing to say. Um, That Zelda, those last... 10 minutes where we got nothing but Zelda crushed me. Um, If you listen closely, when they're giving, when they're showing us the game and watch, you hear them say, we do not have any games or anything planned for the 35th anniversary of Zelda, but we do have this fucking game and watch. That crushed me. Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, I caught it right away because I remember how dumbfounded I was. That crushed me. Yeah, I cried. That destroyed that destroyed me. That broke my heart. I cried big tears for you, brother. Because for months now, even a year, for a year now, we have speculated on all the amazing things that Nintendo could do for Zelda, its third biggest franchise for its 35th anniversary, which is supposed to be a huge deal. And I guess it's kind of my fault and every other Zelda's fan fault for getting our hopes up. But to know that Mario got this extravagant treatment for their 35th 
and then all Zelda fans get is this stupid Game & Watch, which don't don't get me wrong, I'm going to buy it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Just because I'm weak doesn't mean I'm not disappointed. But that crushed me, man. That was... That ruined the whole direct for me almost. That was just like, like every time they have brought up Zelda within the last three gameplays, something has disappointed me from literally the last time where that same guy showed up and was like, hey, I bet you're expecting Zelda news, huh? Well, that sucks. And then left (laughs) to this time where they're like, hey, you know how you were hoping for something extravagant for one of our most beloved franchises, 35th anniversary? Well, here's a game and watch. That is, you know, you're not going to really play that much, but it makes a really cool paperweight. I acknowledge that it's partially my fault for getting my hopes up with no real grounding as to why they would do that. But also, on the other hand, why would they not? And that's it. I'm getting off my soapbox, but I'm very mad at Nintendo right now. And that was it for E. Oh, just kidding. There's one more thing. There's one last thing, but it's not that important. So this has gone on for almost two and a half hours. Peaches, run us through this last thing so we can get out of here. All right. Bandai Namco showed House of Asses. Asses. Nice. Um, House of Asses. (laughs) 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 Is Lady Demisif in there? Oh, she better be. (laughs) <laughs> no okay so they showed house of ashes and it it's a military horror game um it, i don't know the i thought it was funny that the demon's name is pazuzu pazuzu isn't pazuzu from <laughs> exorcist, ex, the exorcist i was thinking pazuzu from futurama i was thinking zuzu like what um azula calls uh zuko ah we're all having fun here <laughs> other than that i have no thought like bandai namco showed elden ring off for uh summer game fest which kicked off e3 so i mean they didn't really have much less left other than this i guess um uh, so this definitely uh elden ring looks down at this and just spits on it all right so yeah that's closing us out for e3 i think we got through it all what a fucking epic Jesus Christ, we just went through four days worth of incredible gaming news in two and a half hours. It was good. It, it has been a good week. I I love being just drowned in games, you know? It was very opposite of when we started the podcast and there was nothing to talk about. <laughs> Besides, <laughs> this is getting canceled. This is getting delayed. That's the, yeah, that's the downside of starting a gaming podcast in the middle of the pandemic, right? Is like every week it's like, hey, we got more stuff that was delayed or canceled. But no, finally. So on Saturday, we're talking about who won E3 and which game won E3 for game. Like, I don't know. We're still working out the logistics of it. But altogether, how did you guys just feel about getting this gaming news? Did you feel rejuvenated, like relieved? How'd you feel? Uh, I felt really good. Yeah, like it's just nice to have normalcy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Any sense of it, right? Yeah. Like... Uh, and then just like all the gaming news, like it's a lot to be excited for. Um, it's also just nice being. Uh, so it was a different E3 because I was kind of cheering for everybody because now I have all the consoles. Like I, like we talked about it. Like and it's not me trying to brag. It's just me saying like now I can kind of appreciate like just like, hey, like I'm not like a just rooting for one team. It's like, Whoever shows cool stuff, I'm excited for because that's more cool stuff for us to play instead of just being tied down to one. I'm not gonna lie, like this this E3, like I, I don't mean I don't want to get all too sappy on us, but like 
I felt like I was in high school again, getting excited about video games, you know, like the last like time I was super hyped about E3 was when I was in high school. And since then, I just feel like it never hit quite the same, but maybe because this was the first E3 coming out of a pandemic that I was like, oh shit, this is, this is the good stuff. This do be the good stuff. I actually do think that's a positive side of the pandemic. If there is any, is it makes you appreciate these things that we didn't have before. If that makes sense, because you don't really remember how valuable events and moments like these that you really care about are until they're gone. You don't realize how important they are. And having E3 back is Zach's right. It's like not only does it represent getting normalcy back, but it's just like, wow, I really missed this last year. You know, like it seems like I get spoiled by just having this every year. But because I didn't have it this year, it made me love it this much that much this year, you know? Sure, not everything that we wanted was in here, not even close. I got my fucking hopes crushed by one sentence when the Nintendo showcase, but <laughs> I still loved it. I still loved every moment of it. It was And Elder uh, Elder Scrolls fans are never going to get to be happy ever again, so that kind of sucks for them, but Yeah, but this is about me. Me 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 hey, me me me. You want to go out for ice cream now that we're all done? E- please. More than anything, I just want to get a bowl of cereal and go to bed. All right, let's let's go get you some ice cream, champ. That's not what I said, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't want to get cereal. I want to get ice cream with you. What about ice cream with cereal on it? Have you ever had like vanilla ice cream with cinnamon toast crunch? Um, I had the Lucky Charms ice cream from Coldstone with the Lucky Charm stuff on it. That was super disappointing. I enjoyed it. This isn't an ice cream podcast. Let's get out of here. Do they have those? Do they have an ice cream podcast? <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. Yep. You're right. Um. I'm exhausted. Guys, we did a fantastic job of covering everything in E3. On Saturday, we are doing a let's talk over who won E3 and which game came out on top. So make sure you stick around for that. I'm going to have a heyday editing this episode. And in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Game T Podcast. We will see you in the next episode. You just got your game You just got tea. your game T. Hey, nice. Uh, this was Czar. <laughs> oh, wait, no, it wasn't. Later. I'm Zach. Wait, no, wait, I'm doing it wrong. Bye. What? That's not how we close. That's not how we close. Get out of here. <laughs> Cut the video off. Cut the video Cut off. The- if you like what you heard today and you're looking for more ways to get your game tea fixed, check us out on Patreon. With bronze, silver, and gold tiers starting at $2 a month, there are several incredible rewards you can receive for supporting the show, such as a follow from us on Twitter, access to a monthly Q&A session, an invitation to our private Discord server, and even bonus episodes of the podcast only accessible to patrons. Your donations will be used to make the show even better. The link to Patreon is in the description with our social media, so go check it out. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Game Tea Podcast.